Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. His name is Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. Is Robert Paulson. His name is Potato, potato. I I did. I made that mistake too. Uh, I typed in the chat first. His name was. And then I looked up to be sure. And it's actually the line is his name is Robert Paulson. And of course, that is a tribute to Meatloaf who passed away. He was a a rad dude. He was a legendary uh, rock star. He was in Fight Club. And that was the reference we made to him. And he was also pro-freedom. He opposed the mandates. He opposed mask mandates and vax mandates. He stood up against them. Apparently, he criticized Greta Thunberg. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that matters as much, but I really respect that he, you know, he was, he was an older guy. So he was 74, and he said that he wasn't going to live his life in fear, and they shouldn't shut down the world for politics, and that's what they're doing. And I respect that. And he got seriously ill with COVID, and that was his choice. I'm sure you're going to get all those Herman Cain Award people, you know, laughing at him. But these people don't understand what freedom means. It means if I want to choose to go bungee jumping, I can choose to go bungee jumping. There's danger. If I want to choose to go skydiving and my shoot doesn't happen, well, I made those choices. And Meatloaf stood up for everyone else's freedom. He chose up for his freedom and he knew the risks. So you know what? Mad respect to Meatloaf. Sad to see him go. But, you know, he was 74. So we got a bunch of other news, too. We got uh, Joe Rogan, that, that hoax list where there were like 270 doctors. And it turned out to be like 80 doctors and like some dentist or something. <laughs> the list is now bigger. And now it's a thousand medical and science experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that stuff. We'll talk about (laughs) culture and censorship. We've got two really big stories. Joe Biden has lost another court battle. A federal judge has struck down the federal worker mandate for vaccines. And we have a new report from Reuters saying that prior COVID infection provides better immunity during the, uh, it did provide better immunity during the Delta surge, which we can then take data from that, extrapolate and apply it to the future. Seems like Luke was right on this one and I was wrong. That uh, they're going to start easing up the, the, the mandates, but we'll see. Well, it's yet, yet to be seen here in the United States. So we'll get into all this stuff. Joining us today is Christian Toto. You want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm the editor of HollywoodInToto.com, and my new book is called Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul. So we can talk a lot about this cultural stuff, you know, particularly I think you're an expert on that. Mm-hmm. That'll, be, that'll be awesome. We got Libby Evans joining us tonight. Hi, here I am. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Post Millennial. Glad to be back. And uh, hey guys, my name is Luke Radowski of We Are Changed at Oregon. Today I am wearing my Make America Florida shirt, which you could get on the bestpoliticalshirts.com, but I'm also wearing it because in a few days from now I mm-hmm. will be moving to Miami, Florida, mm-hmm. and I am extremely appreciative and grateful for all of you amazing human beings, a part of this broadcast and podcast. Hopefully I could come back maybe during... Uh, the spring, maybe during the fall. We'll see, but I, I want to do a lot of amazing things in Florida. I want to do some cool projects. If you guys want to get involved with that, hit me up. Uh, you guys know my contact information, and I will definitely miss you guys and the conversations and everything we've been able to achieve it's, here. It's been a wild ride. It's, and, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's okay, Luke. You know, Luke, Luke got really scared over what's been going on. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. He was like, guys, please, I gotta get out of here. And we we're I, like, come on, Luke, I'll be fine. I was trying to leave for so long, but then, but then the threats came and then the swatting came and then, and I was like, I can't look like a punk. I gotta stay a little <laughs> bit longer and a little bit longer. Uh, but, uh, seriously, very appreciative of, of everybody and everything. And it's going to be sad to go, but we, we were wrapping up a show and then Luke goes, 
I'm going to be leaving right as all these threats are coming in. People are going to think I'm scared. Hmm. I'm like, I can't do that. And then I kept postponing it and kept postponing it. But, uh, you know, I don't know if that happens. Yeah, that's part of the nature of Luke. Uh, he, he migrates with the seasons. He does, yeah. I, I just um, wanted to clarify. I'm not going out for cigarettes, right? Okay. I'm, I'm not going out. Sure. I, you know. It was fair warning. Yeah. Um, if you guys want us to maybe go down to Florida for a week or so, maybe party with Luke and do a show down there, oh. put a five in the chat. Five. Five in the chat for that Smash one. Smash the like button. Smash oh, yeah. it. Yeah, and if we it. get enough likes, then we'll take the new uh, mobile studio down to Florida, and uh, we'll do the show down I there like for the a little bit. the sound of that. <laughs> uh, I'm Ian Crossland. You follow me at iancrossland.net, and I will see you soon. I'm going to make sure to pierce those tires so you guys stay in Florida <laughs> when you guys get down <laughs> no, there, because there's a lot it. of amazing things Let's to do, do there. Can you send a care package of freedom to Denver for me? Just yeah, for me. Just I would a, love to do that. A care Thank package you. of freedom? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, I'm also here pushing buttons in the corner. Very excited to have Libby back, who's apparently matching Luke as he's about to head off and leave us in the distance. Yep, so. I'm also wearing red. Yes, I'm hmm. excited for tonight's conversation. It's going to be great with Christian and Libby. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, help support all of our work here at the TimCast IRL Podcast, and you'll be supporting our journalists. As a member, you'll get an ad-free experience and access to exclusive members-only segments on the TimCast IRL Podcast. You don't want to miss it. On Fridays, we do the Green Room show every so often, and this is where we have our guests coming in in the Green Room, and they're hanging out, and it's very candid. And that way, we can have, you know, we can, we can kind of mix it up. So again, TimCast.com, support the show. Don't forget to smash the like button, subscribe to this channel. Share this show right now, the URL, everywhere you can, because that grassroots effort will make us bigger than CNN and MSNBC and Fox News overnight. But let's get into that first story. We got a tweet here from NPR. More than 1,000 scientists and health professionals are calling on Spotify to crack down on COVID falsehoods being spread on Joe Rogan's podcast. The pressure highlights a trend. Podcasts are becoming influential sources of misinformation. Hmm. I want to pull up the article, but I want to point out the framing technique they, they pulled off here from NPR. They didn't say being spread by Joe Rogan. They said on Joe Rogan's podcast. What they're saying is anybody who wants to interview some interview someone who would say something out of line with the official establishment narrative must be stopped. It's not about Joe Rogan as an individual. It's about the fact that Joe would talk to someone who is considered persona non grata by the machine. Now, that is a whole new level of creepy. If they were just saying, Joe has bad ideas, well, then you could be like, well, you know, he's not the expert. He's the guy who interviews a lot of the experts. No, no, no. They're talking about the people he hosts in interviews. They don't like the fact that he gives people an opportunity to speak up. And I also want to point out the list was originally 270 people, and it turned out only 87 were actually, you know, practiced medicine. I guess technically you could say veterinarians practice medicine and dentists do too, but some of them were like podcast hosts. Now the list has expanded. They they say an open letter urging Spotify to crack down on COVID, blah, blah, blah. The medical and and, and scientific experts slammed Rogan's track record of airing false claims. They go on to say the list has now expanded to 1,000 people. And you know what? So what? They're going after podcasts. They're mad that this is one of the last bastions of, of, of unfettered speech, though there have been podcasts that have been banned. Here they go. They did it to YouTube. They did that big ad adpocalypse campaign. The media smeared them relentlessly. Now they're going to go after all the big podcast platforms. But this is crazy and just absolutely absurd. I remember seeing the 270 doctors that they first put out, and it was everywhere in the corporate media. And I was like, let me just take a look at this list. And I saw dentist, and I saw political professor, and huh. I saw veterinarian, I saw uh, students, I saw political scientists. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? You know, 
these people should be number one ashamed of themselves because they should be challenging these ideas, not trying to silence them. And I made a post about this, and it went all throughout Twitter, specifically saying these are not practicing medical doctors. Now there's a thousand of them. I haven't checked the list, but I still remember being publicly attacked by a gynecologist on Twitter <laughs> who was on that list, being like, "He's calling me out. He's trying to, you know, blur the lines here. He's trying to spread misinformation." No, we're not. You could counter the information. You don't have to silence it. And when you type in Joe Rogan into Google News right now, you get nothing but smear pieces, attack pieces that literally look like they almost come from the Chinese Cultural Revolution with doublespeak Orwellian language. Yahoo News has an article. The problem with Joe Rogan and white boys. Mm. The Independent. These experts say Joe Rogan is an extraordinary danger to society. Here's why NPR, of course, has more blamed articles about online misinformation. Again, counter the data. Dr. Robert Malone has a lot of credentials. He listed his credentials. He is someone who was an extremely important part to this entire process that the world is going through with this larger experiment. Challenge his ideas. Don't take out his tongue because when you do that, you prove him right. Uh, Look at this one from NJ.com. The long list of things I will not be asking Joe Rogan for advice about. And it's got Fauci. He says, I've been an infectious disease expert for 50 years. And then Joe Rogan saying, I get kicked in the head for fun. Yeah, okay. Not anymore. He quit kickboxing and he's he didn't a, and, like and, getting hit. But it's just so <clears throat> stupid. Anybody who's ever actually listened to his show know that he's an inquisitive guy who asks questions right. of experts. That's it. If they really wanted to play games, they could show Fauci and then they could show Peter McCullough or Dr. Robert Malone. Mm -hmm. That would be really interesting. Fauci would be like, I'm a bureaucrat of the past 40 years. And Malone would be like, I invented mRNA vaccines. <laughs> How about that one? But, but they, but, another, but they, sh they shut a, down Malone. Yeah, there's another thing about this, though, which is this is what happens to any new media. Do you remember the blogosphere? Do you guys remember the blogosphere? I remember the name. Blogosphere. Yeah, so this was like, it was a while. <laughs> it was like the in the early 2000s, all of these blogs were popping up and people were getting their news from blogs. And so you had mainstream media outlets, corporate media outlets slamming the blogosphere. Like, I believe the press secretary at the White House actually used that term, um, saying, you know, you can't trust these sources. Sources. These are terrible sources. That's exactly what they're doing now to podcasters. They don't like anyone that gets more popular than their own, you know, corporate media outlets. That's Wasn't why, you know, that's why it's so important. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on a whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Wasn't PJ Media like pajamas media? Wasn't yeah. that the slam against yeah. the bloggers? Like they were just in their pajamas yeah. at home, and that's why you can't trust them. Right. And they could have embraced them. Pants. I'm not joking. It's, it's, it's real. Those those terrifying. I no longer wear pajamas personally. I cover late night TV, and late night TV gets so many facts wrong on such a consistent basis. Where are the lineup of doctors saying that Stephen Colbert is full of it? Did Where you, are they? Did you see Colbert call for <laughs> abolishing the Senate? Yeah, that was weird. He was like, what's the point? He's like, the Democrats represent more people. And it's like, represent does not mean they agree with them. That's, 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 it's just, it's fascinating. They don't like their, their machine being challenged. That's, that's the obvious point. But they're losing. And that's why I love, I love the Joe Rogan sub, Joe Rogan subject matter because Joe's winning and doesn't care. He doesn't, <laughs> you know what's really funny? 
I feel like Joe's, you know, sitting on the throne of biggest podcast doing his thing. And then mainstream media and us are like just down on the ground bickering to each other and complaining <laughs> about it. And Joe just doesn't care. <laughs> How long will Spotify have his back, though? I think that's the big question. Uh, what's two years? I think that'll be it. A- average age of, of, of contracts, you mm-hmm. know, and then once it's up, they're mm-hmm. going to be like, Neh. but uh, they I must actually be making a lot of money from him, though. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The company was valued over a billion right. dollars. The, the stock skyrocketed as soon as he came on the platform. Yeah, I was kind of bummed because, uh, you know, I was like when, when I knew that the, the shift was going to be happening, I was like, man, I should have bought all that Spotify stuff right? <laughs> <laughs> because it just skyrocketed. Once the, I didn't even think about it, to but be honest. In reference to that, Stephen Colbert saying that we should abolish the Senate or whatever he was saying, it was weird because he was like, the Senate is the most anti-democratic thing. But what he doesn't seem to understand is we're not a democracy. We're a democratic republic. And the Senate is the essence of the republic. Yes. It's a stopgap for democratic mob mentality. Stephen Colbert yes, is exactly. Emperor Palpatine. That's, that's giving him too much credit, though. I'm not but not as funny as the emperor. Yeah. Right. It would have been funnier if when he called for abolishing the Senate, he just, like, his voice changed. <laughs> he will be dissolving the galactic Senate. I mean, the, 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 the Federal Republic Senate. He's the jester. Klaus Schwab is the real Emperor Palpatine, in my opinion, with everything he's been pushing forward with the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. Uh, but, but again, Joe Rogan is as popular as he is because he comes off as very genuine, very honest. He has conversations that a lot of people are afraid to even think about, and he entertains ideas in a way that's not forced upon you, in a way that is naturally... Uh, you know, understood and, 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 and just talked about in a rational way rather than, of course, PR corporate talking points. And that's why he is where he is right now. Let's I, admit I, that. I think Joe represents like you're reg- a regular person. Fauci yes. does not. Yeah. No. So for, for, yeah. the, for the longest time, there's been this conversation around like citizen journalists. And it's really funny because people don't know what it means. Citizen journalism referenced somebody would be walking their dog and then see something happen and then film it. And that's what it means. You're a citizen who happens to commit an act of journalism, but people who specifically try to engage in journalism are not citizen journalists. But the conversation around that was basically, why should we trust these individuals? And a lot of people said, well, look, the suit on TV talking to you as the authority doesn't work anymore. People have trust in themselves Mm -hmm. and they want to, they want to talk to trusted people. They don't trust foreign, you know, uh, like, like outside of their life, I mean, kind of uh, establishment elites. They want a regular person they, they can feel like their neighbor who can talk to them. So Fauci represents the establishment elite of we are smarter than you and we know it. And Joe represents, hey, man, don't, don't listen to me. I'm an idiot, but I just got some questions. But there was this great clip going around. I think James Lindsay shared it from the World Economic Forum uh, in November. And it was this lady talking yeah. about how uh, the elites all are banding together internationally <laughs> and are working together to yeah. get their agenda across. And but the in in each country individually um, the lower classes don't trust the elites and she was talking about this as though this is some big problem that the rest of us us don't trust our elites you know we don't trust these people who are telling us what to do based on their own international conglomeration of you know ideology and and wealth wealth hoarding real quick I hate the elites (laughs) not, not, not every single person you know it's not absolute but just like Fauci and Biden and the Uniparty and Mitch McConnell's in there. These establishment, these ultra wealthy. I just, I, I'm dying I, to say something because they're literally <laughs> calling themselves the I elite. I love it. <laughs> we're the elites. We're the elites. We're, we, our our pack got closer. We're, we're a lot closer, but like everyone else doesn't like us. Gee, you wonder why? As of course we literally went through an entire situation. Why are you putting that man in front of me? That, that dog torturer. I don't want to be seen with that man. But but they. 
they they are literally in a situation where they have profited off tremendously off of this entire pandemic. They have created a situation where the rich are becoming the richer than they ha- ever have before, and they wonder why don't they trust us? Mm. And, and of course, their circle got tighter. And what's really surprising about the World Economic Forum? They literally put out all of their plans right in front of you. They write about it. They, they said boast it. about it. They said They're, it straight out. They they yeah. discussed the Great Reset in exactly in detail. Exactly. And then as soon as we all started writing about like, oh, y'all, have you seen this plan? This is this crazy plan. The fact checkers swooped yeah. in <laughs> and it started saying that this wasn't actually real. And it's like, look at the damn documents. Yeah. They are right there. These are, They said it. <laughs> yeah, the they cor- said it out loud. Yeah, the corporate media is like, conspiracy theorists, conspiracy no, theorists. These are crazy it. people making it up. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and they literally just reverted New World Order into the Great Reset. That's exactly <laughs> yes. what, what it is. On and purpose. let's be honest with it. And, and they figured yeah. we'd all be such plebes that we wouldn't actually yeah, right. notice. We can't actually read. You they know? rebranded We're like the, the New World Order and right. still put out all of their We're documents. like the medieval Catholics who yeah. don't understand Latin. No, exactly. we know what it says. They literally <laughs> try to make you eat bugs. There's like <laughs> short little videos that they put out on Twitter saying eating bugs is going to be great okay. and save the world. So check this out. Check this out. On January 20th, mm-hmm. I was on Twitter and the What's Happening page popped up with the Great Reset is the World Economic Forum's proposal for post-COVID economic recovery, Reuters and the BBC report. And I just screen grabbed it and put LOL. I thought it was funny. They keep trying to do this thing where they're like, the the, the Great Reset, it's just this. It's just that. The funny thing is, it reminds me of when Hillary Clinton was campaigning and she put on a Southern drawl when she was. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, she she didn't realize the internet existed and that <laughs> human beings talk to each other. She's pretty old. So w- what's fascinating about the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum, the Davos Group, is I feel like it's a bunch of 80-year-olds who are like, how are people finding out about our plan and the Great Reset? <laughs> it's like, ha- have those social media watch it. Just tell everyone what to believe. Mm. And then regular people look at it and go, yeah, that's that's BS. Like, right. we're, we're not cows. Or, you know what I mean? We don't, we don't just get told something and go, oh... But it, it really, it really is it. When Hillary Clinton, put, she put on that Southern dialect because she thought she was going to trick people into thinking that she was from the South or whatever. I get it. She is, but she doesn't talk that way. She was a New York senator. Yeah. And then the video goes viral and everyone made fun of her and laughed. And then she was like, how did I lose? <laughs> it's hubris and elitist thinking that they're above everyone else and therefore they could get away with it. This is why the Pope... Trudeau, Macron, Biden, Kamala, all the world leaders have been saying the same thing. We need a great reset. We need to build back better. They slowly and calmly tell you that this is their plan openly and you're deemed a conspiracy theorist for even bringing it up and talking about it when their plans are laid out and they're implementing it right in front of our eyes. There's no hiding it. It's right here. Yeah, what they mean is we need to solidify our power. Mm. Exactly. That's what they mean. I want to give them some credit. There's so little self-awareness in our culture these days calling themselves the elite yes. I'm, I'm very Beautiful. impressed by that that is cool All right? someone referred that to them I, as elitist <laughs> was that you? But, I wasn't there but they were like based Tim calling him elitist and not elite I don't, but I wasn't there oh, if you I said that but it was the video is actually really funny when this woman at the, mm-hmm. w- w- where was she at the World Economic Forum and she's like the elites she's like referring to herself <laughs> in that way and it's just like there's one way not to endear yourself to regular <laughs> yeah, people. Clint then she opened up her blouse and there was an E on there. So. <laughs> it's like it's like a Globo Gym from uh, yeah, Dodgeball. We're better ball. than you. We we're better it. than you. And we know it. <laughs> like on a, uh, I, I saw a tweet from Clint Russell, wow. Liberty Lockdown, Liberty Lockpot. If you'd stop referring to yourself as our elites, I'd hate you at least 10% less. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and I was like, how bad could it be? It was worse than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You, you know what's funny, though? I feel like it's the children of the previous generation's elites – 
And they say that, you know, wealth only lasts a few generations. So you end up with these like the the, bear, the robber barons and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then over time, they have kids who have kids. And now we have this global elite that are kind of like the inbred royalty who don't really know how to run a system. Yeah. So right. they've inherited all of this. They never earned it. They never fought for it. And it's like they're going through their own fourth turning. Mm-hmm. Where the ch- the gr- great grandchildren of these pre- these past billionaires and, and millionaires and and, and powerful uh, uh, you know royals and po- politicos have no idea what they're doing, but they just know they're better than you. That's wow, what we were told. Mm-hmm. that's. Well- I think we have to. Yeah, we have to really realize that nobody really knows what they're doing. I went. I mean, I went to prep school with a lot of really smart people who have no idea what they're doing, and they're you know running the country now. That's terrifying. What's the point of being here anyway, being a human? I, I still don't know. <laughs> that was a huge leap. Yeah. It's like, question. there's problems with our country. Why am I alive? I know survival is <laughs> like part of it, but other than that, what's the point? I mean, this I is, this, this is, out. this is why I, you know, a lot of people say that religion is very necessary to a, a culture, to a society, because there are a lot of people right now that have no purpose and they're asking the same question you are, but they're they're being given answers by the elites who want to control and shape everything, and so they're telling them things. They're telling them crazy things, and then when these people go out and write and burn things down, they're protected. So they found their meaning, they found their purpose. But you know the crazy thing about it, they they have their purported purpose. You know, with these Black Lives Matter groups or Antifa, we got to fight for against oppression. And it's like, have you ever actually sat down and asked yourself what's what's next? What's after that? What do you do? It's it's like. These individuals are just lost, a lost generation. And that's where the chaos is coming from. But it's being weaponized by the elites who want to dramatically reshape the planet. I'm concerned about the kids wearing masks, talking about a lost generation. Because if I'd been raised not seeing facial expression, that would have been a a hard thing to navigate. I know. And you're bad enough. I know. (laughs) I'm already semi-weird. But but Ian, Ian, the elites want to party in a way where their servants are clearly marked Mm -hmm. and masked and represented by, of course, the face diapers that they wear. Mm -hmm. While, of course, the ruling elites get to have their galas and their lovely red carpets where they get to be free and not have to wear face diapers. Well, Christian and I were just talking about this because both of us have, you know, send our kids to school and the kids are fully masked. And That's outdoors crazy. too. I have to actually yeah. tell my kid, I do this waving of the face as soon as I see him take the mm-hmm. mask off, take Me the too. mask off. Oh, Adam, Adam Carolla has a theory about this. He says it's crate training. You're crate training the young kids to kind of obey. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not going to disagree with that. Cause, uh, give absolutely. me something else because it's not absolutely science. Not. When we posted, get to the when we yeah. get to school in the morning, you know, I say to my son like, "Yeah, you know, you got to put your thing." And he's like, "Okay, time for my complicity covering." <laughs> oh, and we at least, you know, we joke <laughs> about it because I want him to know that it's stupid the whole time. Yeah. I want him to fully be aware yeah. of how stupid it is every second that he's wearing it. A couple, and of- yeah, as soon as he's done with school, I'm like, "Get that stupid thing off your face." A yeah. couple of days yeah. ago, I posted a meme of, you know, students that were told to be six feet apart. There was a police officer looking over them. They were outside with a mask. And then the tagline was like, this is how you make someone a slave. This mm-hmm. is how you raise someone not to think independently, how to literally act like they're in prisons. And that's what they're doing in schools. I would absolutely recommend for you guys to try to do anything you can. I mean, uh, both of you guys are in New York City. You guys no, are no. T- I'm in Denver, Denver, but same. Okay. Denver? Oh, same same demographic, really. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but like, there's probably other families that feel like you that would want to create a homeschooling pod network that would actually help your kids so much more because I feel so bad for these these yeah. kids that have to go through but you know, you know what really bothers me is how you know we used to see people from uh, Southeast Asia they wear mas- masks when they're sick and I'm like I, I like that idea yeah. like if you're sick and you know it and you and you have to go out and do stuff mm-hmm. like you wear a mask now what the, pro- the problem I, I see is people aren't sick but they're mm-hmm. they're all just blindly doing this thing and then what, what that creates is it polarizes. We have a hyperpolarization now where there are people who are overtly anti-mask 
And I'm just like, yo, man, like if you get sick, you put a mask on. If you're not sick and you, you don't, I guess, because but we're struggling to have the nuanced conversations about what makes sense. Like and anybody who, who questions the mandate, for instance, on vaccines is anti-vaxxer. Right. When like clearly right, is everybody crazy. is pro-vaccine, you know, except for a, like there's, there's many people who aren't. But there are people who have specific questions about something specific. The, the nuance is stripped out of it. And I think it's on purpose. Oh, yeah. They want to so they want to make you an extremist. You say, hey, this policy for kids is dumb. Well, then you're a you're a dumb redneck anti But here's the thing about making you an extremist, right? I mean, you have the Biden administration going after uh, domestic terrorists, right? They made this their like a big Department of Justice thing. And when you look at what they're going after, they're saying that if you are anti-government or anti-authority, then you are, an, you know, some sort of extremist. These are the terms that are being used, anti-government, anti-authority, extremist. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw a bunch of things that were like uh, white supremacist, anti-government extremist. And it's like, what is this uh, What is this about? Okay, so white supremacy, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Sure, obviously. Anti-government? And so if you're opposed to the existing power structure, that makes you George Washington. some sort of extremist. Remember, remember yeah. Resist, which yeah. eru- erupted resist. in 2017? It was pretty cool and pretty everything. mainstream. Yeah. yeah, for the whole, yeah, you had to resist everything yeah. the man said for four years, whether you look, and you weren't supposed to look mm. into the policies. You right. weren't supposed to understand what was being proposed. Last time I checked, he was in, he was in the uh, government. I think. Yes, Brett and Trump you were was. just supposed to be you guys, entirely yeah. opposed. You see that story about the guy who needed a kidney? And because oh, he no. didn't get vaxxed, that they told yeah. him, like, guess you'll die. That was the craziest thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, this, the lady on the phone, pure evil, like evil incarnate. You thought it was going to be like a giant demonic man mm-hmm. with horns and a business suit being like, I am the Antichrist. No, it's the lady at the hospital who's like, I know you need a heart, but for, for reasons we don't care why, you know, you decided not to get the vaccine. So you'll die now. It's like... Like, yeah. You're crazy. One or that lady in uh, Texas who uh, the guy was recording saying, you don't qualify to take this vaccine. Uh, sorry, sorry, not this vaccine. You don't qualify for this uh, antibody treatment uh, because of, you know, the race, ethnicity. Uh, yep. and, ethnicity and then the media right. claimed it wasn't yeah. true. That's they were like, no one's in, being denied monoclonal antibodies based on race. That's true in like half a dozen states. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was part of the uh, part of the FDA directive, I believe. One thing I loved was Maud Marin in New York. She was running for city council, but she recently posted on Twitter. She was having some design work done in her house and an architect showed up to her house and asked her to wear a mask. And Maud <laughs> wow. said, no, and you're fired. Get out of my house. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want that person working on my house either. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. People have lost it, man. You you brought up that 
Department of Justice mm. statement. Uh, I saw James Lindsay and Joe Rogan talking about it. It was kind of convoluted in like two paragraphs. Is that? Have you seen that, Tim? Do you know what she's talking about? Some do the you know, Department of Justice. Let me pull it up because I know what was I, that pertaining it's like to? It's like a statement de- defining who now is considered dangerous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said like anti-capitalists. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I think Glenn Greenwald tweeted it out because it's actually a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were like, hey, left, you've all cheered for this and celebrated. It's you. And then mm-hmm. they posted the list and it was like anarchists and anti-capitalists, ex- you know, are considered violent, dangerous extremists. And then there's like patriots or whatever. So it's like, yo, look, man, they may like the fact that they can use Antifa as useful idiots to, to wreak havoc and cause panic and destroy things and they can rebuild. But rest assured, they'll, they'll they will come for Antifa when it, when it becomes convenient for them or when Antifa is truly inconvenient. Or when they're done for, done with them, when they fulfill right. their agenda, when they got rid of everything else, they're going to be looking like the nail for the hammer that they created. It's only a matter of time and the deep intelligence state has the information, is track tracing and databasing all of these people. We learned that they even have drones that they're flying over protests. They have dragnet surveillance telephone technology that literally gets all the information from people's phones at protests. They have all of their data. They have all of their information. They have all of their networks. And um, why wouldn't they be collecting it when, of course, you have the state that that... Throughout history, did you get a really bad thing? Yeah, so it was a it was a testimony before the Senate, and it was I think Matthew Olson, who is the uh, assistant attorney general, perhaps. He said domestic violent extremists are often motivated by ideology and personal grievances. We've seen a growing threat from those who are motivated by racial animus, as well as those who ascribe to anti-government, anti-authority ideologies. So this anti-authority. is so <laughs> anti-authority, yep. which is. Kind of the basis for the entire United States. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and we are anti-authority. <laughs> that's like half our deal, at least. We're the Ghostbusters anti-authority too. Yeah, for but, sure. But, but, but is, Ant- is Antifa pro-authority? I mean, I would say yes. Yeah. The, but do they think they are? So are they listening to that going like? And he hey, also cool. said he also said today investigating and prosecuting domestic violent extremists is one of our top priorities on the front lines. This is only because there aren't enough white nationalists and white supremacists. They have to cast. They're going to short supplies. Yeah, it has to be yeah, it has to be everything. It has to be whatever yeah. they can find. They have so a like budget for arresting dissent. They that are going to need some right. dissent. That's right. They got to beat the budget. I feel At some like, point. In there, they said, like, uh, if you want to criticize the government, it may not be considered terrorism because it's considered First Amendment protection. Uh, the, the word may. It may not be considered <laughs> oh, okay. terrorism. Nice. That was very confusing. My, my friends, in 20 years, everyone's going to be, like, four and a half feet tall, androgynous, holding hands with squeaky voices. And that's going to be humanity because, like... They're just shaving off the tall grass. Yes. Everyone, it's like, it's eroding so quickly. You know, the, the, people don't realize this, but there's been several cases that I've, I've tweeted about, talked about where people have been charged with hate crimes for speech or for like bordering on speech. You know, there was a one case where someone took a pride flag and then I guess they like burned it and threw it in front of a gay bar and they said, oh, that was, that was hateful harassment or something like that. And it's like nobody was, no one was there. No one watched it happen. Nobody was directly harmed by it. It's kind of a dick move in my opinion, but the guy got charged with a hate crime for doing it. I'm like, that's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? But that's, that's where we're, we're, we're moving and we're getting, there was a, a two people were on a, what were they on like the, 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 the New York train, the Long Island Railroad, mm-hmm. and they were shouting things about foreigners and then threw a beer can at someone and they went, aha, throwing that beer can and saying that now it's a hate crime. And like, you get a very serious charge for that. So they're, they're starting to incorporate hate speech into, you know, making it illegal. 
And a lot of people 10 years ago were saying that, you know, the goal of the left is to make it so you can't hate speech would be completely illegal. There are many proponents who have pushed saying that, that it should be illegal. And now we're seeing aggravated charges on people for, you know, speaking things that are offensive. Yeah. And it's already, it has it, to be associated with a crime, though, in the U.S., whereas in other countries like in Canada. What, what, was, what was the crime of throwing a rainbow flag in front of a bar? Well, they have to call it a crime of some sort. Right. Right. But like arson burning property arson? but it was their property <laughs> it was it was it was someone bought a flag burned it and threw it uh-huh. from a building and they said it was like harassment so they make up the crime yeah. to fit yeah. how they can turn it into hate speech or something yeah. and what's happening in, in canada and the uk already mm-hmm. with these existing laws is so worrying i remember walking around in the united kingdom doing interviews about uh you know english people not having the first amendment would they want the first amendment and i ran into a person who had his whole life ruined was thrown in jail had to face court proceedings because he called someone a bloke right and this person that he called a bloke was someone that identified as something else but because he did it offhandedly he literally was 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 sent to jail shout yeah, out shout out to zuby to a bunch of people shout yeah. out to zuby who said okay dude it was yep. okay, dude, right? That's what he said. Hmm. And he got suspended on Twitter for saying yep. it. Yep. Well, or, like, or Megan Murphy, who said oh, that yeah. Jessica Yaniv was him. You know, yeah. she, I think she got banned for saying, yeah, him. That hey. was her whole tweet. <laughs> Shout out to Zuby for getting his visa, American yeah. visa. Yeah. He's going to be around a lot more now. Oh, Sweet. Nice job, dude. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry the, to derail the conversation. No, 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 something no, positive there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I missed the ACLU 1.0. That's what we need. Right? Yeah. I missed that too. What happened? Did you change of oh, leadership? I, I can tell you what happened. Oh, so yeah. when Donald Trump got elected, they made a ton of money off of the, the Muslim ban, as it was called. Now, it included Venezuela, you know, and some other countries, but you know, the left called the Muslim ban. And the ACLU said, Trump, you can't do this. It's unconstitutional. The interesting thing was that the banning of travel from these countries actually uh, advice from the Obama administration, but that doesn't matter. So everybody protests. The ACLU announces they're filing a lawsuit to stop this. And then all the leftists are like, yeah, and they sign up for the ACLU. And the ACLU is like, we're making bank, baby. <laughs> and then Charlottesville happened. Yeah. And the ACLU defended the right of unite the right to organize. And the and then everyone said, you made this happen. You defended it. And they're like, but we've always defended free speech for everyone. And the left started canceling in droves. So they came out and said, we're going to reassess what free speech means. And now the ACLU is the anti-civil liberties union (laughs) because in many, many cases, they have come out overtly against civil rights. And I'm not, I'm not they exaggerating. They sure have, over it's and over again. crazy. Yeah, I was well, tracking that. Money talks, about, baby. There was some sort of transparency educational mm-hmm. policy that was discussed. Oh, this is a great idea, this transparency right. education. Right, and, and they're against it. They yeah, against but here's the thing about this. So education is now a national issue. Mm-hmm. That's what the left wanted this whole time. They got it. Parents are super involved in kids' educations. That's what the left has wanted this whole time. Hmm. Parents are saying, let's have transparency. Let's see what the syllabus is. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the syllabus is before the year starts. That way we know what's going on. That way we can help our kids. We can know what's happening in their classroom. We can know what they're learning. And for some reason, the teachers unions are all against this. They've been demanding for decades, parents, we need more parental involvement. And now parents are like, hi, we're <laughs> here. We'd really like to be involved. And they're all just like, you know what? You know, back off. Yeah. Okay. That's just not safe for your kids. It's just not okay. Parents do not have a right to be involved. And, in we, all, and we all know why. Leftists just yeah. don't have kids. They have yours. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like the, what is it? Melissa Harris Perry. Did you guys see that? That was an older clip that resurfaced, I yeah, think. I'm but it still sure. was chilling. It's what, what, what crazy. Was it? She was saying, 
basically the kids are not yours? What, what's yeah, the exact she's saying <laughs> kids are not yours. They belong to all of us, and we need to stop <laughs> thinking that kids belong to it's their like, parents. You ever say that and communist it's like, you know, who kids belong to their parents, uh-huh. especially when they get hurt or any decisions need to be made. Have, but have as soon as that, they need to be indoctrinated, then they belong to everybody. You ever seen that meme where it's like it's the Drake meme where it's my and our, and and so it like it shows shows him like going like that, and it'll say like you know my car, and then under it says our car, and he's like yeah. <laughs> so it's like my kids, no our kids. Oh, yeah. right. It takes a village. I love my favorite one was our little pony. <laughs> and like they put a sickle and hammer next to it and everything. Awesome. Yo, these people, uh, I don't know if communist is the right word. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's a, because it, look, what people need to understand about fascism and communism is that these were ideologies of the early 1900s. We're in a new digital information age and what we're experiencing is something different. Maybe, maybe you can call it techno communism or, yeah. you know, tech, uh, authoritarianism <laughs> or something, but it needs a new word. Yeah, James, this is another thing James and Joe were talking about, and I promise I'm not going to keep bringing it up. But watch that episode if you haven't seen <laughs> it yet. Episode, yeah. About, jeez, uh, I just got distracted. Yeah, about about how it's like fascism and communism blended, and it's 21st century. It's new. Mm-hmm. Um, what Klaus Schwab's trying to do with blending corporate corporations and governments together is basically the definition of Mussolini's fascism. That's what he called it, but it's so different now that they can spy on everything and like cut off bank accounts globally that it's another well, kind of techno it's it, it is it, it's not necessarily communism it's not necessarily fascism it is authoritarian but the thing about fascism is that it was cultural enforcement communism was just they just took over and they point guns at you it was much more authoritarian and they would steal food and it was just like it was like the whole system was one thing with fascism Basically, I was reading this uh, uh, article about how the Nazis weren't really socialists, but kind of were. Because people often say, oh, it means national socialist. What would happen is that they would go to a factory and say, are you producing for the war effort? And if the guy at the factory said, no, we're producing for demand, they'd be like, why do you oppose our efforts? And they'd be like, no, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Basically, cancel culture. The yeah. idea that if you didn't fall in line to, with, with cultural enforcement, and cultural enforcement is more powerful than government. So that's the thing about, you know, the, the fascistic method. Now, I guess back then there was a big dividing ideology. The, the communists wanted to erase culture. They wanted to purge it and wipe it clean. And the fascists want traditionalism. So what we're seeing today is technothoritarian communism or whatever you'd call it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Something it all like boils down to the evils of centralization and the idea that you could control people from top down. That idea, I think, is one of the most destructive ideas throughout, throughout all of human history. And whatever you label it, whatever you call it, it goes against the basic principles of free humanity. And that, of course, is liberty and, and decentralization. Decentralization right now, if you look at a lot of problems in this world, could solve all of them uh, in in, 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 in an extensive way that would reduce a lot of harm and help a lot of people out because it would stop the bastardization of power that absolutely corrupts individuals. So I, I think that's one way that we should start framing it and looking at it because, you know, to have this larger idea that that one person, one king should control your life and your existence has already fallen by the way, wayside. Now, the, the, another idea that hopefully progressively is going to be destroyed is that a president or an autocrat or a corporate head is going to be controlling your life. And I think the more we move away from those ideas, the more we move towards freedom, the more hum- humans will prosper and grow. I got it. Hear me out. What if you run for president and when you win, you get four years, you can run again for a second <laughs> term, and 
if you if 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 you lose or you complete a second term, we execute you. Oh. Interesting. So then anybody, like Logan's run sequel. But, but that means anybody who wants to be president knows that they're not going to actually be benefited in the long term. That I this is the it. end. You've it. decided because, you, you know, then you get someone who's in their 60s and they're like, I've lived a long life. I have some ideas and I think this is the end for me. I'm going to do a bunch of things that I think will make everything better for you. And then I'm out. This is like a Star I'm Trek actually, episode. I'm actually uh-huh. kidding. I don't really think we should execute <laughs> That's good. People, It's like a Star you know, Trek episode where the guy who played uh, – the guy who played Winchester on MASH ends up falling in love with uh, Deanna Troy's mom. Do you remember that one? That's right. And then yeah. it's a society where at a certain age, they just kill they you. They just kill you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they have Jeez. a big party. Or just like take all their money away. When you get out of the uh, White House, you're, and you're broke. You're yes, broke. You're broke yeah, actually, actually maybe, maybe what we do is as soon as you leave any public office, you, we'll, we'll do term limits. So every every office will have like a year base. So like in Congress, it's two years. So okay, you can run four times. The Senate, you can run twice. It's still kind of long. You'll get 12 years. And then the presidency is two. And once you're done, you lose all your possessions. Mm-hmm. You get a white jumpsuit and you go to the island. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you just live in a community of people who are past civic leaders and you can never leave and you've chosen it. The problem with having four two-year term limits is that they'll spend every year running for the next term mm-hmm. and waste all that time. Right, it's like no, Congress. but if you lose, you go to the island. Mm-hmm. And so on that get, island, Jimmy Carter builds all the houses. So that's right. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So, so Ian, listen. If you if you run for Congress and win, you're in for two years, and then you're like, I'm going to run again, and then you lose to the island. But I mean, I don't want them to spend any time while they're in office worrying about a reelection. I want them to be in, run their term, and then be gone. So two, 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 term, two terms. Like one no eight-year term? Is that too much years to give oh, somebody? That's a good point. That's a good amount. One, one, four, one four-year term. Or maybe and, two and four-year terms. One re-election. Maybe. But they'll spend two years <laughs> prepping their re-election. No, but Congress is two years. Congress so is two giving years, Congress yeah. four years and two terms, and then once you're done, the island. Hmm. You know what I want to point out about? And there's the internet there, so you can play Fortnite and the I'm kids not, can I'm talk about Another possibility is idea. to uh, elect our pets to be politicians. Yes. And, oh, yeah. and I bet I they would probably them. do a better job than all the politicians <laughs> right now. Caligula did that with his horse, didn't he? Yes, there you go. Caligula, one of the Roman, crazy Roman emperors, inbred young gentleman, made his horse a counselor, I believe. And there's a small town, I believe, in Alaska that elected a cat to be their mayor. Oh, really? Yeah. When I was thinking about how the Nazis would go to these corporations and be like, are you with us? And then they're like, no. And then like, then you're against us. There's the nuance in society, I think that's been lost or overlooked lately that you don't have to be for or against something, you can be neutral. And that's usually you are. 99.999% of the time, people are neutral to the environment. It's only, you don't have to take a side and live yeah. like that. Make sure you live like that. Don't but, need to but, polarize. You know, so I tweeted uh, a, a joke about capitalism today. I said, capitalism was too successful. We have fat homeless people. <laughs> now, oh, no. but, but, <laughs> so there, there's, there's several different layers to this joke. And I felt like it would play well with everyone. For people who are pro-capitalist, they'd be like, wow, even our homeless people are eating too much. Mm-hmm. For the communists and the left, they're supposed to be like, people who eat too much still don't have homes. Like, it's supposed to play both ways, but it's only the left who gets mad about it. The mm-hmm. right just laughs. Yeah. And they're like, whatever. And the left is like, offended. And I, and I, and I tweeted, it's, it's what I call bugs bunnying. <laughs> where you can make you, you can make a statement that should be something they'll support, but they'll criticize, so you can prove that they're 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 principally bankrupt. They don't actually believe what they believe. They don't actually care about these things. They just want to hate another group. And I think that proves it. I've made I've made several statements. You know, like I think the the, the Carhartt one, when the Carhartt boycott happened, I said, here's a, here's something. If you don't want to get vaccinated, you work at Carhartt, quit. And I got criticized by the left for saying that. And I'm like, why? shouldn't you agree with me on that? And actually, a lot of people tweeted, they were like, but, you know, why are you criticizing him? He's right. Just quit then. 
if you don't want to work there. Yeah, well, it's because it's not about principles. It's about being part of a tribe that hates another tribe. Their identity is based on hate. That's it. And there's people on the right who are like that for sure. Mm -hmm. But it seems to be the rule on the left. Well, you're in like, like you said, Twitter, I think the other day, uh, 2% of Americans are on Twitter and you're are like, active on Twitter and you're like in it. So you're looking at these crazy, crazy minority mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, loud. absolutely. It's got to be loud for you. And, and what so the much. algorithms want you to see. Someone left a very good comment saying that the politicians usually do go to an island after they, and that of course is Epstein's <laughs> island. So shouts out to the person yeah. who made let, that let me, comment. Let me pull up this story here. We got uh, from the post millennial. Oh my. Joe Rogan and James Lindsay point out how the left smears everyone they disagree with as alt-right. On the latest episode of the podcast, Joe Rogan spoke with James Lindsay about why so many people are deemed alt-right by the left. And uh, the story's about me. Hmm. So uh, special thanks to James and Joe, because I don't even think they were necessarily defending me, just pointing out facts, just de- denying this. What happened was this guy, Josh Zepps, who is a statist propagandist in Australia who really doesn't like me because I've criticized their country, and he makes things up, and boy, is he triggered by me. He said, you know, oh, Tim Pool says these things and blah, blah, blah. And then a few seconds later goes, so these alt-right guys who are, you know, saying this stuff. And then Joe cuts him off and he's like, Tim Pool's not alt-right. You can't just say that, man. That's not true. And he's like, well, I, I didn't mean, I mean. And then he says, I don't think Majid Nawaz is alt-right. I know him, but Tim Pool. So Joe Rogan's talking to James and they end up bringing me up specifically. And Joe's like, I know Tim very well. He's like a centrist. He was a boots on the ground guy for Vice. And then James like, yeah, he was in Occupy. So this is, this, this is. What I think is, is, it shows the, the lies. It's obvious they're lying. The most, one of the most powerful media, uh, uh, sh- shows in the world, Joe Rogan's show, is outright just with no, uh, remorse calling out the lies. I think this is a good example of the narrative is, is, is breaking before our eyes. You know what and, 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 and there's, I know there's a lot of reasons why we said the narrative is breaking, but here's another really good one. It involves me. So obviously I wanted to highlight it and say thank you to Joe for, for just being honest and talking about, you know, my views and everything. But who's going to believe this anymore? Well, I was thinking maybe this is alt right in the sense that it's alternative to the, to the polarized right. It's more Ian, of a center. Alt right means white nationalist. That's the problem with specifically. The, that's the problem with the phrase. It does, it shouldn't mean that it's further right than, than people on the right. It's just an alternative to weird polarized no, politics. That's, that's literally not the case. It just crossed my mind a couple weeks ago. The Associated Press put out a statement years ago saying the alt right group that, that coined the term specifically referenced white nationalist ideology. That's where the term came from. That's what it represents. That's why the left will try to passively smear everyone as alt-right so they can then add to your Wikipedia page something like Ian's been called alt-right. Then another outlet will say many news organizations have noted that Ian, comma, who's considered alt-right, comma, and then eventually they can just say Ian is alt-right. Then they can then say Ian is a white nationalist and put on your Wikipedia page. That's the game they play. It's not working anymore. It's, it's, it's falling apart because people are getting sick and tired of it and they're not scared to call out the bunk media. And you know what it is? As the media ratings collapse, people are getting less scared of being smeared because they're irrelevant. It's also a way to shut you up. They can't engage you with your ideas. So, like someone said, I don't want, um, I don't want open borders. Well, then you're you're uh, racist because you don't like Mexican people. But no, because I, I, there's a reason why I don't think this is effective. It's it's you know racist, sexist. It's all the things. It's to shut us up because they don't want to have this debate. And people on the left are 
they don't, they're not good at debating because they don't get those other ideas coming at them. If you're on the right, you get all the ideas. You, you, you watch Colbert, you watch the culture, you read the news. You're experiencing, even by default, all these different concepts and you're able to kind of, you know, uh, work with them, talk about them, debate them. But if you're on the left, you're in this bubble area and you can't debate, so you have to smear. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, shout out to Hunter Avalone for having come on this show a while back because... You know, he made, I respect him for coming on the show and, and he was having, you know, traditional liberal views, but man, don't, don't come on a show unprepared and be arrogant about it. That's what I would say. So, you know, the issue was with him was he brought up Hunter, he brought up Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Ukraine, Burisma, and he didn't know anything about it. So when I said Joe Biden did engage in a quid pro quo, a, a corruption, in Ukraine to empower his son and make money for his family. And Hunter was like, that's not true. I was like, bro, I can name every person. I've read the reports. I've read Ukrainian news. I've read Russian news. I've read Matt Taibbi's reporting. I have dug through that to a great deal. And I asked him, do you know the name of the guy who started Burisma? And he was like, no. And I'm like, okay, look, with all due respect, why would you step up and claim you know something? And then when I ask you a simple question, you just outright say, I don't know anything about it. That, that's It's a weird arrogance that exists. But Joe like you Biden said- Joe Biden bragged they, about they, it. He but but you, about the they don't program. they don't know any of this because mm-hmm. they don't actually have these debates. So when someone comes into a debate and their first experience with this is, ah, I remember what Hassan said. He said it's not true. And then I'm like, I actually can pull up all of the facts mm-hmm. and show you. Do you want to see the Ukrainian news outlets talking about this guy fleeing the country? No, they don't read the news. They don't. They listen to each other and they have a big um circle of people who are jerks. <laughs> We try to keep it family friendly. So. <laughs> I respect that. They're very happy in that circle, but uh, they're also completely Satisfied. out of touch. To, they're on that island. To the outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's probably what happens on that island, uh, to be yeah. completely uh, honest with you. But Joe Biden bragged about that. I mean, can we not forget that? I, it's amazing that Joe he Biden- He was like thrilled about it. He's <laughs> like, I did it. I had a quid pro quo. And the media's like, no, he didn't. Right. <laughs> that, that's, you, you got to be a special kind of either stupid or, or deceptive. To be going online claiming it never happened when we all watched the video of Joe Biden doing it. And Joe Biden's so dumb, he (laughs) bragged about it. I think the scariest thing for me about media bias today is that we can see things or hear things in their context and the media will say, no, it didn't happen. That scares me (laughs) to death. It it, It really scares me. Well, it used to scare me. Now I just (laughs) laugh about it. But people believe it, though. That's the thing that really upsets me. But their ratings are in the gutter. Yeah. So I know their ratings are still high. Colbert gets like 3 million viewers or whatever. I just really loved when Joe Biden was doing the press conference and they were like, 
you know, if you don't pass these voter reform bills, what do you think is going to happen? Joe's like, well, it's a very good chance it could be illegitimate. And then Jen Psaki comes out the next day. No, actually, he didn't say that. Right. What he said was Trump is the problem. Right. It reminds me of when that episode of Family Guy where um, Lois Griffin is running for office and she gets, gets up to the podium and she goes, 9-11. And they go, yeah, start <laughs> clapping and cheering. And then they're like, how would you deal with the economy? And she goes, nine. <gasps> 11. <laughs> yeah! And they'll start clapping and cheering. She stole that from Rudy Giuliani. That's not fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm reminded of the Orwell quote that we talked about on the show previously before that says, quote, the party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. It was their final, most essential command. And uh, there's a lot of truth to that, especially when you see them call out stuff that clearly does happen, that mm. clearly is a reality, and them saying, no, 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 this never happened. Don't look at the evidence. Don't question it. If you do, you're a bad person. You're part of the alt-right. You're, you know, a homophobic, That means racist, you're a white nationalist. Person. Also, if, you know, if it does turn out that the GOP takes a lot of uh, extra seats or whatever in the 2022 in the midterms, and the Democrats then start saying that the election was illegitimate, we're going to be able to look back on this moment and be like, you said it wouldn't be. Now what are you talking about? You know, it's it's like a it's just such a little trap for them. I want to give a special shout out to the uh, disinformation cycle. It starts with the New York Times reporting that Ukrainians were interfering in the U.S. election to benefit Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. uh, that it was it was uh, actually let me let me be very careful and precise. It was Politico that reported this. It was the New York Times that also reported that a Ukrainian court had found that uh, certain interests in Ukraine, certain individuals were engaged in this behavior. And then it comes to Ted Cruz, who appears on Meet the Press, and he and he's asked by um, it was a guy Meet, Meet the Press. What's his face? The guy Chuck Todd? Is it Chuck, Chuck yeah, Todd? So. Is it Chuck Todd? I don't know. He's Chuck asked, do you really believe that Ukraine interfered in the election? And Ted Cruz is like, Politico and the New York Times reported they did. And then you hear one of the producers at MSNBC start laughing or NBC just start laughing. And then I'm just like, Ted Cruz cited mainstream news and they laugh at him like he's wrong because mm -hmm. they don't read the news. Then our good friend David Pakman does a segment about it where he's like, I can't believe how dumb Ted Cruz is. They're laughing at him. And I'm like, David, did you Google the stories? They're real. But they don't read the news. So they're like, those of us that read the news, like on this show, we have an eclectic bunch of people of varying political beliefs, and we read the news. So we kind of agree on what some of the basic facts are, like many of them. Mm -hmm. And then we disagree on policy positions, but that's just, it's right wing. It's mm -hmm. just shuffle everyone into the alt-right bucket if you read the news. Well, we read the same news. That's the problem is there's lots of news out there that I don't read that doesn't never comes up on this show or is even orbited on this show because it's just it seems fake. It seems no, like media no, no, narrative. No, no, no. No, I don't Ian, know. Ian. I read like I read not yesterday morning because I had food, food poisoning, but oh. most mornings I read all the I read at least the headlines of pretty much everything. What's we, your process we, we, like? We're, real quick. So just, just I can tell you. Just put a pin real quick. because I want to mention we've cited NPR. We've cited NJ.com. We've cited uh, uh so we've hinted at Mother Jones. We've hinted at Reuters. Yo, we use establishment press on this show. We just fact check these stories. Like the other day, I specifically pointed out that I used NPR on purpose for one source. I use CNN on purpose. If I can fact check what CNN says and, and find it to be true, I'll use them as a source to say, okay, not tell me CNN's wrong. This is one of the funniest things. I was I was accused of peddling misinformation about the election because I quoted CNN. That's the <laughs> point. So I can be like, wow, CNN's fake news, I guess. But anyway, mm -hmm. sorry. You're, you're no, no. I just I check everything in the morning. I check Fox. I check NPR. I check the New York Times and Washington Post. Check Daily Wire. I check through everything we ran overnight that I at the Post Millennial that I didn't see. 
Do you go website to website or do you look, look at it through a portal? Like Honestly, Twitter? like I have it on my phone. Oh, cool. And so like <laughs> and, I just and, check everything. And I'll I check, stress. I always check Reuters. My reporting on Ukraine and everything I read, Politico reported that Ukrainians did in, uh, interfere in the election and the New York Times ruled a, a, a court in Ukraine had found that to be true as well. That's the New York Times and Politico. I'm not, I'm not cherry picking my news sources. I actually look for counterpoints. There aren't any. So I went to Ukraine and I hit up a source I had in Ukraine and said, can you investigate this from local news sources? And then when I reported on it, I said, I don't know the, 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 the credibility of these outlets. It's a local Ukrainian outlet I'm not familiar with, but this is what they reported. It backs up what our, uh, these national outlets, Politico and the New York Times have said. So for me, for everybody here, I think the, the issue for us is that we actually fact check the stories. So we have an understanding of reality. But when, you know, Chuck Todd on Meet the Press laughs at Ted Cruz or his producers do because Ted Cruz cited the New York Times, that's a special level of stupid coming out of NBC. <laughs> it's interesting that the and very on brand. So think that a corporation would feed you a little bit of falsity, get you to believe it and then ridicule you for believing it. Mm hmm. Well, there's been a lot of crazy news stories of, of them just absolutely inverting reality to what is just totally the complete opposite. Two seconds to pull that up. Exactly. It, and it's not that hard to yeah. fact check. It's not that hard to, to look at sources. It's not that hard to get a different side of the story. Uh, it's becoming more and more difficult, especially when it comes to using Google. Uh, and I think they're catching on to that. But the, we have an opportunity in our life where we have this small window that's closing where we could look up anything at any moment and find out exactly what we want about it. Uh, that window, I believe, is closing. It's still here. We should still use it as much as we can. Two seconds. I can pull up these stories from Politico and the New York Times. Mainstream hard. establishment outlets talking about this very fact that NBC, their talking heads, make fun of Ted Cruz for. There's, there's a lot of things you can make fun of Ted Cruz for. Like, don't get me wrong, but he wasn't wrong on the facts. So when pundits like David Pakman go on his show and he laughs at Ted Cruz for being right, I'm just like, I, I messaged David and I was like, hey, like, here's the link to the stories, bro. Like, you just had to Google it. I don't understand why you're laughing at Ted Cruz or, or mocking him for There's this. There's something about this story, this uh, Biden-Ukrainian scandal that's a little vague way that makes me tired whenever it comes up. Like, I feel like it requires more glucose to process the information for mm -hmm. some reason. I don't know why. I know what you mean. It does kind of feel that way. It's like, oh, it's layered. This, it's, it's complicated. It's not Ukraine a, thing. certain stories are just like a punch to the face. This one, it's more, requires you got to dig in. Yeah. Yo, to explain this story to my friend's dad, I was like, have a seat, sir. <laughs> <laughs> List of characters. Because what happens is you can start slow and let them ask you questions. Like a video emerged of Joe Biden bragging about engaging in a quid pro quo where he would withhold a billion dollars in U.S. aid to Ukraine unless they fired a prosecutor. That's extortion, right? Uh, well, you can call it whatever you want. It's illegal. Okay. The, that Joe Biden doesn't have the authority to stop something that oh, was it's passed not, by It's Congress. not extortion if the president does it, well, right? No, but the, he, was, uh, he wasn't president at the time. This was back when he was vice president. He was vice president. And the vice president and president can't go and say, I am going to personally halt an act of Congress. So they accused Trump of doing that when, in fact, Joe Biden literally did it. And, and Joe we Biden, know he did yeah. it. And he bragged about it. Mm -hmm. And then the media comes on and says, Joe Biden never did that. And he wanted the prosecutor fired because the prosecutor was investigating Burisma, where his son was a chair, was like a, you know, on the board there. And Victor Shokin, the prosecutor in Ukraine who got fired, signed a sworn affidavit saying the president came to me and said, Joe Biden wants you fired because you're investigating Burisma. Wow. Matt Taibbi yeah. reported this. <laughs> yeah. well, and he and reported there were a dozen plus investigations 
statements from the prosecutor into Burisma every step of the way. There have been sycophantic establishment journalists who have been like, well, Burisma wasn't even under investigation. And then journalists are like, here's the investigations. Yeah. Well, but those were uh, not about uh, – what were they investigating them for? So Mykola Zlachevsky is just uh, – the general surface answer is corruption, kickbacks – forge documents, just you name it when it comes to trying to steamroll things through. I don't, I, 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 my personal view of this after everything I've read, walking the story back to explain it to like my friend's dad, it's the Qatar Turkey pipeline. It's trying to get natural gas into Europe, trying to compete with Russia and the gas prop, a gas prom natural gas monopoly. It's around 20% that goes into Europe comes from gas prom through Ukraine. So U.S. interests, NATO, Western allies wanted to get an alternative source of fuel to lower the prices. They needed a means to do it. So they prop up this com- this company. They have a guy who engages in a little you know, behind the scenes to make it work faster. There's like a CIA director who's on the board along with Hunter Biden who has no business being on the board. And in the era of the Internet, we can learn these things. They got really mad it was happening. Joe Biden's a moron and bragged about it. And all of a sudden, it looks like you can see at least the surface of what they were trying to do with Syria, with Turkey, with Iraq, with Iran, with with uh, Ukraine, what they're still trying to do with Ukraine. Trump really messed all those plans up because Trump, I just think, didn't care about their plans, saw the video of Joe Biden engaging in what appeared to be illegal activity and is illegal activity, and then called the president of Ukraine and said, I saw this video. This is literally happened. He, he's like, I saw this video of Joe Biden saying he's going to do this. Can you look into that for me? And then they were like, <gasps> impeach him. We got to impeach him now. And then they handcrafted this insane story about Trump quid pro quo, which was actually Joe Biden. Here's the best part. People on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter who named the CIA guy, and don't say his name, please. They got all their content deleted. Amazing. I had videos deleted for telling the story. I made a post. You, you, you post any of these stories and they would disappear without warning. I think it was so obvious what they were doing. I figured out why it has been confusing me is because they've been blaming Trump for the same thing that Biden did. Yes. 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 Yeah. Exactly. That's amazing. Correct. Watching it happen, like being in the news My and God. it's like Joe Biden walks over and kicks a dog and then the media goes, breaking news, Trump kicked a dog. And I'm like, <laughs> but what? Well, and, now, he and, now, the dog. and now Biden is uh, definitely going to go to war for Ukraine. Yeah, that's amazing. Doesn't look like it. (laughs) It's usually for for oil, for a resource. If it's Trump, Trump wasn't supposed to win. Trump was not supposed to win. I was I was in uh, uh, Ukraine at the Maidan protests when all this was erupting, when Yanukovych got ousted, when Ukraine was 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 in that turmoil period, and it was that Western forces. And this is just my opinion as one person who covered a little bit of it, and I'm probably wrong on a lot of this, but my view was. Obviously, the West wanted to get Ukraine under the fold. They want to get cheaper gas into Europe. That was part of the plan. Russia doesn't want that to happen. It's against their interests. Syria is allied with Russia. This whole region is embroiled in this conflict. Trump gets elected. Everything stops. Syria, he's trying to withdraw our troops from Syria. They won't let him. They lie about it. Trump is like, why do I care about Ukraine? Just give him some weapons and be done with it. Biden gets back in and all of a sudden, oh, no. It's like the amazing thing is after Trump got elected, the whole Ukraine civil war narrative stops. And just like goes off the news cycle, Biden gets back in and here we are, Ukrainian civil war all over again. Yeah, it's back. Amazing. But there was still fighting between, uh, uh, in Ukraine between some Russian forces and the separatists. Yes, but I went there. But, but but it was still at a standstill compared to of how hot it was comparatively to when, uh, you know, John McCain was there and how. And I went to Ukraine. Uh, uh, I think I went there. It may have been just before Trump got elected. And in this period, my sources on the ground, just locals, they're not like experts said, the fighting had mostly subsided and they were no longer, they said, don't call it a civil war, that pisses people off. Hmm. And I was like, when I was here, 
And when I left, it escalated to the point where the, the Eastern separatists said, no, 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 no. It's just – it's separatist conflict and it's like, you know, it's anti-government extremism. I'm like, oh, okay. And then for years, we barely hear anything about it. Joe Biden gets in and all of a sudden we're being told Russia's about to invade Ukraine. Okay, dude. Yeah, they were going at Putin until Trump got elected. Then they were going at Trump for being connected to Putin. Then Trump left. Now they're going back at Putin. This whole boogeyman thing is so annoying. <laughs> well, one of the things is you've got the bureaucratic state, the intelligence agencies. They have plans that exist well beyond. Yeah, I think they're playing the 100-year game as well as the CCP. I think they're both playing the 100-year game. Trump was well, not supposed to win. When Trump got in office, all of a sudden their plans were completely disrupted. So anyway, this all started because I, I obsess over this st- stuff because this was one of the most egregious things that's ever happened in American history. A president was impeached over a lie to maintain bureaucratic policies that existed before he got in office. And it just shows you that the emperor has no clothes. No one's playing by the rules anymore. And any semblance of like, like, yo, if you think the president has real power, you need, you underestimate the intelligence agencies and the bureaucratic state. That, that, that's what we can see here that beyond the president, they, they, there's a reason why Trump was jammed up the entirety of his first term because Trump was not supposed to be the guy to win and he wanted to shore up our borders. He wanted to bring the troops home. He wanted to go America first, build up our factories and he did not want to play that international game and they got mad about it. So everything, they accused him of working with Russia, which was a lie. Then they did the impeachment. Then they did the other impeachment and now they're trying to prosecute him over fraud in New York so he can't run for office. It's crazy. I have a you know, different kind of perspective, but we don't have to uh, d- dive into all that. But uh, did there there was a bull in the China shop aspect to the Trump presidency that does deserve to be recognized because it, I, I think even Donald Trump himself was surprised when he won the election. He he looked he looked surprised. <laughs> he, he looked like he was like, wait, this is not supposed to happen. What's going on here? And whether it was underprepared or whether it was people stopping him, there was an internal conflict that was clearly visible, whether it was him and the CIA, him saying, I'm definitely going to release those JFK files no matter what, the CIA saying no, and those documents never came out. There there was uh, there was something happening behind the scenes, and there's probably way more things that happened that would shock us if we really knew what was happening behind the true layers of power. So um, it's interesting. I, I'm, I wish I could talk to, to Trump. I wish we could ask him more questions, but there's there's so many different ways that the united states government is run that we still don't fully understand but the bureaucrats the the supposed deep state the the people that are in there no matter who who the president is the intelligence agencies they have a lot more power than we think you know that that, uh, kennedy assassination was like the first example of citizen journalism maybe not the first but on video on some random guy watching the parade and caught that assassination and that all the evidence from all the people like hey maybe it isn't what we thought it was comes from that video of where you see him get hit sometimes you just need a little alex jones yeah when he yells that an alien intelligence has taken over and is controlling everybody you can sit back with a nice fire going on a rainy day and just hear the angry rants of alex jones and be like it actually is kind of relaxing because it makes everything feel like when, when he yelled and slammed the table and talked about the alien intelligence taking over it made me laugh it kind of like brought levity to the situation i'm not trying to say that to be mean you're like disrespect alex or anything like that but it was like my worldview is corporatist, authoritarian, despotic individuals who lie, cheat, and steal. And when Alex brings up the aliens, it kind of makes me feel like, you know, maybe there's there's something more interesting to life. And it's fun to hear the fanciful ideas and the crazy. I think for sure that it's this is part of a process that's greater than we can perceive. Uh, the corruption that's bubbling, the humans needing to eat food to survive. So we're constantly mm-hmm. aggressing on each other for food. Bugs. 
Yes. Need bugs to survive. Yeah. Now I don't know what Alex was uh, talking about specifically. I don't know if he was talking about UFOs coming from outer space or artificial intelligence. But if he was talking about artificial intelligence, there is an argument to make here that there is a probability that that has happened in some way. I just right? I just mean to say that sometimes there's like when we constantly hear about corrupt world leaders, and then someone tells you a fancy story. It's kind of it's kind of you know it kind of you know breaks that uh, that, like that humor serves a purpose. In yeah, culture. you know what I mean. And now it's kind of under like under maybe attack, maybe so. life is more more interesting than just this really awful corruption we experience and it definitely is and it's what you make it. I was thinking about why it is you know I can't remember what show I was watching I think I think I was watching uh, the Teen Titans live action show and I was like what's with all these superhero movies and shows that become really really popular How was the live action I only ever watched the cartoon I don't know I barely watched I just like it's on the background to okay. be honest <laughs> it's like it, it's kind of it's gory DC really loves just be extremely brutal. But I, I was thinking about something. We the, the reality of superhero movies is very capitalistic and I guess you'd call it colloquially far right. And the world that we live in is actually like very communist when it comes to this. What I mean by that is I'm like watching this uh, this cartoon, Young Justice, because I'm watching HBO Max basically. And one of the heroes has a, has a laser arm, like his arm turns into a laser gun. And I was like, that's just a kid with a gun going around shooting people. Like, he's not a superhero. They literally just gave some 16-year-old kid a gun, and he goes around, and he's like, I'm a hero, and he's, like, blasting lasers at people. And I was like, in the real world, anyone can have a gun. I mean, you might not, you're not supposed to, but that's why we don't have that stuff. Like, power is much more distributed. So anyway, I bring that up because in the real world, there's corruption at every level, like, in, in almost everywhere to varying degrees. And there is no superhero who's going to save the day and end all of this. That's why when, you know, Alex Jones says that the real enemy is like an alien intelligence, it makes it feel like we're all in this together up against the true evil. It's just unfortunately not true. Humans are against humans. When I was a kid, I remember, not not a kid, when I was like a, in my 20s, I knew all these people who were claiming that there was actually a war going on between angels and demons in this other sphere. And that, you know, we could like sort of tap into that other war. And I was like, wow, you guys have way better drugs than me. What's going on? Yeah. I think of like, um, demons as like energy patterns that can be catalyzed. I have no idea what this is about, but a lot of people I knew were like (laughs) really, really, really into this. What, how crazy the universe is, they might be right. We talk about like demons and angels and what, like a demon is like a pattern of behavior. Like the demon is in you now because you're acting on this urge. Like something catalyzes this behavior and we call it a demon. But that might be coming from somewhere far away, like a like beamed into our like vibrating our neurons, so we think it. This Whereas an angel's more theory. like it just seems to need help. <laughs> this, is, this is why DMT is such an amazing conversation. Why I think so many people enjoy it. Joe Rogan talks about it a lot. I mean, we 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 every so often bring it up. But because when people talk about this veil and machine elves, it makes everyone kind of feel like there's something else out there. That this this world we experience with all the good and all the bad isn't just it. Because, you know, Ian, you, you randomly brought up, like, why am I alive? And that's, like, certainly something people experience all the time, that question, that existential uh, question. And so when people hear stories about grand villains, they love it, be it Antifa fighting the fascists or Alex Jones fighting the alien intelligence or people wanting to know more about DMT or angels and demons. There's got to be something else that, Absolutely. that drives us. You know, I, I definitely do believe that there is some kind of spiritual war out there. I don't want to uh, kind of drudge on about my own personal beliefs, but... I think to to say that everything is just an accident and a mistake, I, I think that's something that 
uh, from my perspective, isn't true. Might be a little bit of a naive thinking. I think there's a lot more to this world, especially energetically, that we don't understand yet. I don't think we should understand it. But uh, when it comes to consciousness and dimensions, I think we're only scratching the surface here, even just with this conversation. Well, yep. of course we are. Of course we're only scratching the surface. We've been scratching the same surface for the entire history of humanity. You know, this is why we have religion. We want to know what's bigger than ourselves. We want to know where we come from and why. I of course we do. I, I, oh. You know, at the at, at the point when we stop asking that question, we stop being human. Yeah, I get confused. I think a lot of confusion comes from like it's it's a couple, a lot of things going on at once. There's one, there's the carnal need to eat and can keep this body healthy. So there's this chaos as a result. But then there's like this benevolent like energy intelligence that doesn't need food. It's just there like love. It's telling you love and communicate. But then you're 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 countering that with your body that's like consume, destroy. I must I must. It's take its energy to survive. So, well, this is the no, old, no this idea is what the, you're saying. Yeah, this, we'll this, watch this, the video again later, yeah, and you'll see it like again. The, this is the question, right? The question is, what does the does the body rule the mind, or does the mind rule the body? These are the this is the question. This so, where are your friends today? The ones, you, the ones who gave you that information and Morrissey both asked those questions. Huh. What? Where are your friends? You had the, when you were in 20s. You heard this conversation. Where are they today? Oh, um, mostly they're dead. Sorry, oh, oh, Christian, well, unhappy. Ending. What do you think yeah, about dark? What do you think about this spiritual battle? I don't think about it that much. I, th I think my life is so frantic right now. I've got two kids. My wife was battling cancer last year. Uh, I work seven days a week. I've uh, I've got so much going on. I work all the time. I, I don't have time for meteor themes like this, honestly. Well, I, I, well let me let me look, look in your and, kids' and eyes. Well, let me let me let me like, let me let me ask uh, to yeah. to uh, to kind of build upon that. Do you guys think when Alex Jones says demons, he he literally means like de demonic energy, or does he mean like? evil people, people who are bad people. You know what I mean? Is there a difference? I think he means energy. Well, no, yeah, like, he could literally think that there's demons from hell coming through the veil and, and latching onto people, or he could be saying that these people are demons metaphorically, like they're just evil. I think it's like uh, energy the tickling the amygdala. I don't, yeah, I don't want to be speaking for someone else. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's it. No, but I'm saying, like, how do you interpret it? That's what I, I think both could be true. Absolutely. Demons from the other realm. Um, I, you know, when it comes to energy, there's a lot of, you know, crazy things once you start studying and understanding it, dimensions and realities. And especially when it comes to, you know, the spirit molecule, there's, there's so much really to, to, to have this personal journey that's kind of even weird to talk about, uh, because people are going to be looking at you strange with what you actually believe in. But, uh, you know, I, I think everyone has their own journey in life and has their own understanding of it. And I think the process of them finding out is, is something that's really amazing and beautiful. And, and I think even speaking and telling people what I believe in kind of ruins that. It's you so know, deeply personal. Too. Exactly. But doesn't that mean we should talk about it? Yeah. I well, mean, we I, I just, talk that, about these that's like, just my own personal know, the, feelings on it. I, I think that it's very easy for human beings to become the monster, you know, to dehumanize themselves, to look around and say like, you know, I'm better than this person or I get to do this horrible thing because I have good reasons to do the horrible thing, you know, but I, I think that, uh, I think that there probably is evil in the world. I don't like to think that there is, but I, I tend to be an optimist. I tend to look at the good in every person. When I see, when I interact with a person, I try and meet them where they stand and I, I think look Fauci for the good in evil. them. I mean, I think if you live for the last two years and don't think there's evil in the world, yes. <laughs> I don't know where, what you're smoking. I'll that's take a, some. That's a very good point. I, I think, mean, I've I seen th I, I've gotten so disappointed with, with people, with my country, with our leaders, with mm -hmm. other nations. I, I can't 
I can't wrap my head around what's going on right now. Yeah. They're so, evil. There's a thing where people snap. I don't know if you guys ever see someone snap before, where they're like getting ang- they're getting wired riled up, and then all of a sudden they just like eh! like it's like this weird thing where it's mm-hmm. not, almost not human. It's like the animal takes over. So you're saying like not necessarily evil, but are taking over people's dangerous. bodies. Oh, I had is. some I had some weird experiences in my life that I don't even want to talk about right now. But uh, th- there are sociopaths, right? The most amount of sociopaths per capita are in Washington D.C. That makes a lot of sense to me. Hmm. And when you look at the science of, of sociopaths, it, it explains a lot of the behavior that you see kind of exemplified in a lot of positions of power, where naturally sociopaths try to get to. So uh, understanding it from that perspective is also one way to kind of answer the question of why these people do what they do and whether it's demonic evil uh, or just psychological breakdowns of people's mental health. You know, there's a lot of different possibilities out there, but I I think the the spirit world is something that um, does exist and does have a far greater impact than we even understand it to. I've been studying the demons from the Bible, the Christian Bible, um, from this thing called the Ars Goetia, which is like King Solomon would communicate with demons through a ring and it's like you look at these demons Wait, and they're all is, like where is it's called the Ars Goetia if you want to check so it's not actually in the actual I don't Bible. know no 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 this is some, no. something that was written later about it's the totally demons. not in there <laughs> but it's like Baal the demon and it's about like a bunch they're all like kings and dukes and and earls and presidents and stuff and I started thinking I think these were real people and that well King Solomon was the real person. yeah for sure and that I think that demons like the archangels Michael and all these archangels were real people and the demons were real and there was a war and the winner wrote the history book and wrote them and demonized them and, and said that land that they all li- live in is called hell and they, they remember it being all fire and flame because they probably scorched earth i have no idea what this is but the, 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 the idea of a demon isn't like a person that you got to be afraid of it's in, it's more of a field or like an energy pattern that can kind of co-opt your body or is it human beings who have you know taken that leap into pure evil which i think happens i've been told that when you take dmt you will meet demons and they'll offer you secrets and knowledge and all you got to do is sign the deal. And when well, I asked, I, asked I was there people, for that conversation. Yeah, I, asked, I remember that. I asked some of these people, what is that deal? What, what is it? And they're like, just the deal. And I'm like, what are you giving up in exchange for the knowledge? Nothing. It's just they want to share. They, they tell you, we're going to help you and we're going to give you this information. Don't you want to be free? And that people are told to reject the deal. Because they're going to, you know, and then the demons are like, the only reason you would say no to this is because you're a slave and you're brainwashed. You got to trust me. I'm good for you and I'm going to make your life better. And so the idea is from a lot of people that these demons are giving global elites access to information. Now, this is what Alex Jones says. They're getting like privy information or whatever from the demons. I think that's just, you know, when you do drugs, well, you believe crazy the, things. Nikola but Tesla, this, is, you know? this is not, I mean, this is Jesus in the desert, right? Yes, so when Jesus is. goes out into the desert and... Satan offers him everything he could possibly ever want, and Jesus turns it down. But, he turns it down over and over again. But what was he like? What was he offering him? Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not he offered him. Control. He offered him. Yeah, he offered him power, like to basically to be the king. He offered him. I mean, we could probably find it, yeah. but that's the one that I remember. He offered him food because he was starving right. out there in the desert because he was fasting for forty days. Power. He offered him. You know, like probably. Maybe I'm making this up, but he probably offered him like sexual stuff, you know, whatever. I don't it know is. if that would work. Am on I Jesus, making that up? No, it was just everything he wanted. But it was like anything, yeah. like offering, like basically the idea was that Satan tried to ply Jesus with anything he could come up with work. that Jesus might want, yeah. and it didn't work. And Jesus eventually went back and faced his 
faced his fate, you know, which was devastating and very excruciating for him. And he felt abandoned by God and everything else. And it was terrible. But I think that's, you know, I think that that's such a, an amazing moment. It's part of why Lent is my favorite season in the, in the Catholic calendar. It's because when you, it's when you look at everything and you say to yourself, I am, I am nothing, you know, I am dust. I'm, I'm, you know, and you have to give up of yourself in order to be closer to God, I think. Right. What do you think, Tim? What's your understanding of it? Of what? Uh, demons. Or, or I don't know. Or energetic forces. That's why I just like yeah. talking about all this crazy stuff. And that, that's why, you know, Michael Malice and Alex Jones talking about DMT I find so fascinating. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I'm like, tell me your experience. I want to learn as much as I can about this. What really fascinates me about DMT is the shared experiences that people have reported when taking yeah. it, which indicates that that's a control that shows there may be something truly there. And look, man, I, w- I would love to know the answers to the great questions. I don't know if it's possible because we are like these tiny little specks. It's not at all possible. And yeah, it, yeah of course, it's not possible. The to universe know is so massive. It, it seems to have something to do with the double uh, 64 tetrahedron and the double torus pa- energy pattern that's produced. Nassim Harriman's done a lot of geometric mathematics to produce it's this. I think it's this shape. This is a two-dimensional representation of this 64 tetrahedron and that Life has, I mean, I don't know if there's a point to it, but it seems to be like a, um, like a shape that you see the Fibonacci sequence emerge out of this shape a lot of That's times. That's a cool sequence. That and you start seeing thing. it under particular substances. The as golden well. ratio? Yeah, under yeah. DMT, people see well, like just, Aztec well, patterns DMT, and stuff. Like mushrooms as well. What is DMT from? Like what's its It's in your brain. It's, it's secreted when you dream and when you're born, it's, it's dumped so into your brain. When you're taking DMT, you're, you're, you're taking brain juice? No. <laughs> you're not taking brain juice. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's in our natural environment. A lot of living things have them and you right. can procure it. And so where does much, it come from? Um, plants. Okay. So your it, adrenal gland, right? Um, or is it pituitary I, gland? I don't know. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Um, your let's your third up. eye. Let's, let's double check. Let's make, sure, <laughs> let's make sure we, yeah. we, we get everything right here because I want to be yeah, correct I mean, and I've, honest I've about it. But you secrete DMT naturally inside of your brain every time you dream. Yeah. And when you're born up until a certain age of, I think, about seven, your brain is filled with it. This is why children have a vivid imagination. And that's why they say that they see creatures and monsters and entities. Ghosts, especially, and then when you die, it's rushed into your brain. Hmm. So, you know, this is something that, of course, should take people on their own individual investigative journeys. They should study this. Some people are like, just do DMT, and Yo, uh, I would not this. do that. I would look say people oh, wow. need to Whoa. study and, and, and be respectful I, I, of this and do their research and homework. And I'd freak out if I saw something like this coming at me. That you looks know? like a demon to me. Well, that's what I see when I look at you. Oh, my <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> Normally, is that not? That's because Ian's always... Uh, dimethyl, <laughs> DMT stands for dimethyltryptamine, and apparently it's responsible for like this waking dream state you know those people are life is a dream why does life why are these weird like maybe we are dreaming right oh now. i used to have that all the, i used to have all kinds of weird things that i saw that's a totally different conversation <laughs> we don't even yeah. they're doing um, what's called extended state dmt experiments now i think in england for sure somewhere in the great britain and um they're putting people in because people are reporting seeing things like this and they're coming out um and a lot of people are having similar experiences so they want to know why so but but it's such a quick um 15 minute experience if you if people smoke it that they're now they're trying to do it in a lab in under an environment where you can go in on like an IV drip of it and stay in for like hours at a time and there's no puppies it. involved with this is it I don't know yet <laughs> no. I don't know there's we no Dr. Fauci involved here hey, hey let's be real though you know when it comes to experimentation 
I'd be willing to bet that tons of governments around the world have kidnapped humans and trafficked them for the purpose of experimentation. Oh, yeah, sure. the CIA. Uh, yeah. They did it with LSD. Openly, willingly, uh, to the point I mean, wasn't where... Wasn't Fauci experimenting on orphans? Yes, and, and other small animals wasn't, and uh, creatures. Wasn't ecstasy created to help Swedish elderly people do their exercises? Oh, I don't what? know. What? Is that what it was Whoa. for? How don't weird. I, am, am I remembering something weird? I don't know. It was like given to people in old folks' homes in Scandinavia so that oh, they would wow. do their exercises. That it is crazy. does work for exercise. I, I feel like that. I remember that. I took it once and worked out really hard, and I, the next day I didn't have like the serotonin depletion. I... I felt it tingling in my muscles for like two days afterwards, mm. and I felt phenomenal the next day. <laughs> but but just like with anything, please be careful. Please do your own homework. Please do your own research. Please don't get break testing kits. Yeah, don't break yeah. the Don't break, you know, whatever you do. There's a lot of fentanyl also uh, yeah. interlaced with a lot of the, the molly out there. There's been a lot of people hurt by this very severely. So just, again, uh, I can't stress That's this enough. That's why you say no to drugs and you don't break the law. That's yeah, right. Whatever it is, do your In own homework. In a lab setting research. where they're doing extended state DMT, right. this is where we're going to find better answers. Because some dude in his living room who's like, yo, I talked to a giant green elf, okay. man. I'm going to be like, yeah. I knew this guy when I was younger, and he was like, dude, I'm telling you, aliens are real because I've seen them. And then I was like, for real? And I was like 16. He's like, yeah, dude. I went outside. I was at my friend's house, and I was leaving, and it was late at night. And I go into the alley, and all of a sudden, a spaceship comes overhead. Like, everybody was inside. It was late at night. But I'm telling you, dude, I saw this with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. So what happened? He's like, well, me and my friends, because we had been doing tons of drugs. Like, ah. And then I went, oh, get oh. out of here, dude. <laughs> I was like, you you know what? That, that, all of a sudden, I'm just like... I was all excited for some story, and then, yeah. like you know, Ian, you told the story about the wolf. You're on the roof. That was crazy, man. and then you're like, "I was high." Oh. <laughs> it was. It was like, okay, dude. Your story's not true. Well, well that's like when Homer Simpson. True. That's like your Homer Simpson thing, right? Yeah, Didn't it was he? only THC. Which when you, when you talk about high and drugs, you got to be careful because some of them it's like, like I think oregano oil can get you high in the strong enough dose. So you got to be careful with with with. Well, what that even means you can also just psych yourself out like mm. crazy like you can always psych yourself out and see weird stuff and like and like, like have wild I, ideas amphetamines the placebo effect is one of the most trippiest uh, scientific effects that, that that also is worth talking about tryptamines no the placebo Pseudo effect, effect. Yeah. because yeah. you believe in something you're, you're, you you so can manifest and create something so just by by your belief system so is that it, like a rudimentary manifestation like people on the placebo effect actually get better in some circumstances yes yeah. and so it's people manifesting 100%. their health exactly so so you know just understanding those those basic principles and laws, when you implement them with other things in your existence, this is also something worth considering, talking about, especially when you have people consuming carefully curated social media, the the boob tube, the the CNN. Imagine your consciousness and your thought process being affected in in such an effect, just like the placebo can have an effect. I'd just like to say that I have not heard the term the boob tube in really quite (laughs) a That's right. That's That's what I call the the corporate media. Luke and I have a mutual friend. And I was going to visit him, and he lives in L.A. And L.A. parking is a, is, it's a nightmare in this area, right? And so I, I, I'm close to his house, and I call him. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm here. You know, Where can I park? And he goes, oh, bro, just manifest a spot. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. In Robbie. Robbie, yeah, yeah, shout Robbie's, out to Robbie. Robbie. He was like, bro, <laughs> you got to manifest the spot. And I was like, Robbie, I'm not going to manifest a parking space. Where do I park? And he's like. Oh, dude, you gotta drive around and just manifest it. And I was like, okay, are you telling me to just drive until someone moves and I can park my car? <laughs> yes. So that's what I did. 
And, 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 but then like, that's proof that he was right. Cause he was like, see, I told you. And then you found a spot and I'm like, whatever. Dude. Yeah. I used to drive around LA and be like, <laughs> Robbie man's there's an trip. open spot. Yeah, and then Robbie's I'd look cool, and hope that it was manifested and be like, there's an open spot. And I'd look and hope that it was, and it <laughs> wouldn't be. And nope. I'd be like, no, I don't think this is really working, <laughs> but eventually you'd find an open spot and you could claim, Hey, I manifested <laughs> it. No, yeah. eventually so you find an open spot. Cause it was there. Like right. you don't manifest and sometimes it. Sometimes it's there right away. Don't ruin it. Come on. That's ridiculous. Dude, Christian, I got to know about your book. It's been there this whole show and I've been looking at it. Is I don't want to derail anything. Oh, but yeah, we have like, book. What's yeah. Book, tell me about this virtue. So it's called Virtue Bombs. What, and you, you lived in LA. Is this what this is about? The entertainment? No, I mean, I just cover it. I cover Hollywood. What's going on? It's exactly what we talk about as far as narratives, but it's a woke narrative that's just crushing Hollywood. It is making things less creative. It's obviously, you know, attacking comedy. It's, uh, identity politics gone wild. It's so many things that are going wrong with Hollywood. And one of the things I'm really upset about the whole situation is, I'm waiting for that Tom Hanks, that Denzel, that Meryl Streep to come out and, and, and take a stand against what's happening in the industry. And they won't do it. They're all scared to death. Why is it? What do you think it is? I mean, it's fear. You know, I, I, I talk about this in the book very early on. Hollywood is all about fear. It's like fear of getting older, fear of losing the next gig, fear of your movie not making any money, fear of someone behind you who's better looking and more talented going to take your role, Younger. you know, fear of, you know, getting young, you know, getting old. Canceled. Cancel. Well, now th- then you add this layer to it, and it's a whole new layer. And they're scared. They're just absolutely terrified. That's why no one, very few people are saying. I mean, the Adam Carollas, the Ricky Gervases, the Joe Rogans—they are standing up. They're doing something about it. But they're the exception to the rule. So you think like Tom Hanks is afraid he might get canceled? Tom Hanks just decided to uh, narrate a special about Joe Biden's yeah. first year. <laughs> you know why? Not just that he's a liberal, and that's f- it's fine with him. His movies aren't doing well right now. Huh. He's in his 60s. He's looking at things and thinking, I, maybe I should kind of, you know, secure my situation. Nick Searcy often says that uh, sometimes actors, when they get really woke on social media, it's not about what they believe or think. They're actually auditioning for the next role. Mm. They want to kind of say, hey, I'm with you. I'm in the group. What, this is what, what I believe what, as well. That? Come come hire me. There's like a Q, is it, it's called the Q rating or something? Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Uh, this sort of approval rating is so what people think of you or something well, like that? Uh, in like Hollywood, I thought the agencies have like a number they assign to like celebrities. I haven't, you know, definitely true. I haven't heard in a while, but that's, yeah, sort of the popularity, the acceptance, things like that. I would say John Cena has the best social credit score, especially when it comes <laughs> yeah. to, to Hollywood. And then behind him is The Rock. That also shills for the governor of California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is legit. It's called the Q score. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wikipedia says it's the measurement of familiarity and appeal of a brand, celebrity, or company. Mm-hmm. So Tom Hanks does this video because he knows it's going to get attention sure and then the agencies are going to be like people know tom hanks oh yeah no i I understand the whole mechanics behind it i'm just thinking if you're tom hanks you just watch the last year of this presidency even if you voted for biden even if you're a left of center even if you're a hardcore democrat you really want to sign on to this guy this point what, what we just watched i mean that's that kind of boggles the mind but you see that a lot did he get paid who knows? Who knows? Oh, come on. I'm sure. Sure. Absolutely. Taxpayer dollars for that? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The White House admittedly bought social media influencers on TikTok mm-hmm. to promote the vaccine yeah. in their vaccine effort. You know, it's hard for me to think, to even comprehend that people like Meryl Streep, Denzel Washington are afraid of getting canceled because they're so powerful. Well, look at Scarlett Johansson. It's a big part of my book is she's very beautiful. She's very talented. She's bankable. When When her movies come out, they make money. So she's maybe the most powerful actress in Hollywood. She took a role to playing a trans person mm. in a movie called Rub and Tug. Mm-hmm. And then the, the woke mob came after her. Like that, 
I am sorry. I'm going to be an ally. I am so, you know, I will, I will do better next time. That's the most powerful person in Hollywood. What about other people? You know, lower, lower, lower levels, the gaffer on the, on the movie set, uh, an actress coming up. What, what do they, they, they think when they see something like that happen? It sends a signal. It's like with Dave Chappelle, the most powerful comedian of our age, the goat. And yet he's under constant attack now because he told a few jokes that people weren't in, that some people didn't like. And he starts to falter. His yeah. last special mm. was very much him like constantly addressing the criticism. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. Absolutely. But it's the criticism, as we mentioned, of less than 2%. It's about 1% of the U.S. population who are active. Mm. So you have 2% of the of U.S. population active on Twitter. About 1.2 uh, or so are, are left because there's slightly more left than right. And Dave Chappelle is addressing those people. Yeah, absolutely. And also what's interesting about him is like, what is the message for the other comedians? You think they're going to go near huh. that material? They're going to think they're going to take a chance? If they could almost take down Dave Chappelle, and good for Netflix for standing by him, and they've done that mostly, a pretty good job of saying we're not, we we back him, we understand what's going on. But if you're like a, a club comic and you're just starting out and you want to kind of engage in some really challenging topics and themes, but you don't have his skill set and you don't have his fame, I would avoid it. You yeah. might you might not get work. I talk to comedians all the time who get attacked by other comedians yeah. and who try to get them canceled. It's fascinating. But it's the scary. system broke. Mm-hmm. Ryan Long mm-hmm. is enjoying tremendous success and growing rapidly because mm-hmm. he doesn't care. Yeah. And he's a funny guy. Yep. No, he's existing in this whole new, you know, he's yeah. not on Saturday Night Live. He's not any, he's not going to be on Netflix, but he's got his own little niche and he's very successful. He's also very good. Yeah. And he's aggressively apolitical, which is interesting. Uh, it's interesting. I think about like how figureheads are so powerful for morale. Like if a, an army of 10,000 men is, is engaging another army with 8,000 men, but then the leader gets killed, the army will mm-hmm. rout They'll turn and run because they've lost command. And if, like, you see Tom Hanks bend the knee, then that kind of – it's a similar morale-shattering effect on the people that follow and obsess Mm -hmm. over Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, what were you going to say? No, go, go. When you were writing this, did you follow, like, the history of this coming up in the last seven years or something? You know, it kind of encompasses that time period. It feels Mm new-ish. There have been been echoes of it for a while. But it's the last three or four years where it's metastasized in a way that is so – powerful and so i mean barry rice's substack page had an amazing article recently they had two two investigative reporters dig into people i think they interviewed like 25 people most were off the record because they're scared to death and they talked about how if you're a white male in hollywood you're out you just don't get work they they actively don't want to hire you and it's listen Hollywood has done a terrible job with diversity, and this is a course correction, but it's, it's an extreme course correction. It's way too far. So if, you, if you're if you a white comic, you're in trouble. You're not going to get the gigs. Hollywood got not, shattered. Not for talent. It got shattered by internet video. I was there in 2005, 6, mm. 7. Making, I started making YouTube videos in 06, and I watched like the entertainment industry start to be like, what are we going to do? I would get called into auditions, and then they would Google my name mm. for the first time in history, an actor. They would look outside of the audition for who is this guy, and they'd mm-hmm. see like crazy videos of me, and then they'd be like, I'm not touching that. Yeah. But then – you see Maker Studios, a bunch of YouTubers make this company, sells to Disney for a billion dollars mm-hmm. because they're desperate for content mm-hmm. and for entertainment. And and it's instead of people going into Hollywood and, and getting contracted with Paramount, they're starting up their own thing now. But for for a lot of uh, you know actors are, are marketing essentially. They put the name on the title. They want to you know people will go see it because that can pull the, you know the, those actors are recognizable. With internet video, there's a lot of people, and th- and the internet really changed this. There are people who have no business in certain industries becoming successful in certain industries by simple virtue of being famous. You know, like the Paul brothers are boxers now. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, well, they're famous. They can get draw. They can make money. Who cares if they're good at boxing? We're going to make millions of dollars if we do a boxing match with them. Rap battles, all of that stuff. So it, it's the, the, the whole landscape is shifting, mm-hmm. and it's turning into are you famous or are you not famous? One interesting thing I noted, there's a new Lord of the Rings series coming to Amazon oh, yeah. Prime. $465 million poured into just one season. Mm-hmm. September 2nd is coming. So yeah. I don't know a lot about it. They haven't released a lot about it, but they had a, a list of the actors who were in it. I didn't recognize a single name. Yeah. The brand is Lord of the Rings. You don't need that. With, yeah. Even with all that money, they went with a whole bunch of lesser known actors because that is the property. That's the drawing. That makes a lot of sense. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with the uh, Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. They, 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 I remember if you look back at the old articles, it was really funny. They were sharing them on Reddit and it was like Marvel bets big on no names. You know, was it Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston? <laughs> and it was like showing pictures of them and it was like, can these movies survive? <laughs> and now they're huge. Now they're so famous. So they knew and, and Marvel notoriously pays very, very little for their, for their actors in these movies. They get paid like a couple hundred grand for, it. except for Robert Downey Jr. He was getting an obscene He's amount of bank. money. I think it was, what was it? What did they report? Like tens of millions of dollars. I mean, at that point, he was the anchor of the whole the whole franchise. So they just threw the they threw the Brinks truck at him. So that's right, they threw and deservedly <laughs> so. Yeah, deservedly so. It was great. But you know what? Now, um, like a lot of uh, it's, it's moving to streaming, and it feels like one thing that really bothers me with Netflix is that they'll do two seasons of a show no matter what, and then just cancel it. Mm-hmm. It's just really like spaghetti thrown on the wall yeah. for, in, in a lot of ways. It's also, there's no transparency there. Like Netflix will say, okay, this show is our number one show, and this is number two. But you know, with movie theaters, you can see the grosses. You can see what movies make each week. A lot of these new platforms have nothing. It's just you have to trust them. You know, so we don't know if it's low ratings or it's too expensive or there's some sort of behind-the-scenes controversy. We have no idea. You know what it is? It's boring. Yeah. Groundhog Day was a great movie. Yeah, sure. Ghostbusters is a great movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But no one wants to take chances anymore. Yeah. And I think it was uh, uh, who was it? Was it um, who was the guy who said no one wants to take chances anymore because you'll get canceled? And they thought he was saying you'll get attacked for being racist. What he was actually saying is they'll cancel your TV show. Hmm. I can't remember oh, who, who that was. Um, hmm. Donald Glover, maybe. Maybe so. I don't know. Yeah. There, there was, he was just like, nobody wants to take, take, take chances anymore because mm-hmm. you'll get canceled. And then everyone was like, just don't be racist. What's the problem? He's like, no, I mean, your show won't make it. <laughs> like, you've got to stick to the formula. Mm-hmm. So every movie is becoming very much the same. They're like, mm-hmm. let's make 12 Avatar movies because that made money. It, let's make 50 Marvel movies. That makes money. In your research, do you find actors mm-hmm. that buck the system and still keep working? Very few, very few. Uh, some comedians are able to do that. Adam Carolla maybe is one of the best examples. You know, but he built his own pirate ship. That's what right. he calls it. It's his own company. So go try to cancel him. Although one thing I will say about Adam is that no one's even trying anymore. When you punch the bully back in the nose, they kind of go away. But if you kind of let them influence you, then often you'll they'll, they'll kind of own you. You know, Get, we... Tina Fey is a great example. Very funny lady. Did a lot of great shows. And a few years ago, she was under some sort of quick, kind of early cancel culture attack. And she said, you know what? I make it a policy not to explain my jokes, which was a great answer. That's a good policy. Like a year or so ago, she's all woke. She's all into cancel culture. I'm so glad I'm being educated. We, she just, she was basically just saying the party line that, so three years ago, four years ago, she was proud and independent. Now she's been uh, reeducated. 
Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad the struggle been, session she, worked, and we can all go back and delete Thirty Rock. What's now. she? Why? What's she doing now? Other than yeah, isn't she deleting episodes of Thirty Rock? You know, she had. A, I think there's a new show that might be on Peacock or something that she might be involved with. But just I was reading her interviews, and she was talking about comedy and the and the and the atmosphere and things like that. She was completely transformed. But it's like Jimmy Jimmy Fallon too. He was yeah, not Margaret a very show. Margaret Show is not funny anymore at all. I don't think she ever was, but, <laughs> but I think she was more of a true believer. Even I think mm, early on, interesting. We we we've gone over, but we have to do this segment on the uh, Getter Crisis Mode leaked audio, and so this will dig into some of our super chat time. But we kind of just—that's my fault. We trailed off and talked about a bunch of crazy stuff. We can stay a little long, you guys. Okay but 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 people absolutely want to know about this. Mm. It was in the title of the video because we plan on getting into it with Joe Rogan stuff. So here's a story from Mother Jones. It's kind of crazy. Leaked messages show Getter in crisis mode over Joe Rogan criticism. They suggest deeper involvement in the MAGA company by a controversial Chinese billionaire than previously acknowledged. I'm not a big fan of Mother Jones. I don't think they're always wrong, but I think they're manipulative and they're uh, agenda driven. And they're probably doing this story because it's bad for Getter and Getter is MAGA. But they do have leaked audio from Miles Guo. They say talking to Jason Miller. He says, we don't want to do any, any bad things to this guy, uh, Rogan. He says, we need to respect him. Just explain to him what happened. This is leaked audio about how Joe Rogan came out and criticized Getter. The interesting thing here is, Luke, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Jason tell us that, uh, Guo was not involved or what did he say? Yeah, I mean, I asked him directly about uh, the involvement of Chinese money and, and the, the money that's financing the company. Um, we should pull up his exact comment, but from, from what I think he said, he said that, you know, the decisions are made by, by the company and the, the investors don't have say in, in, you know, that much in the company. But d- didn't he say like Guo's not directly involved, no, no formal role, no money or something like that? We would have to look at, yeah, at we that to statement to be correct, but I, I'm, I think you're right. But this is, this is, this is fascinating because, I mean, it just shows that there is apparently this involvement. I don't know exactly what that means necessarily because Guo is this guy who comes out and is overtly anti-CCP. But it is interesting because it's still a Chinese interest funding U.S. companies and, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I trust that kind of stuff. I'm definitely not a xenophobe, but. It, well, firstly, that, that it got leaked is a little concerning because I think he right? sent it to 10 people. And one of those is 10 that what people, it was? yeah, Guo sent it to 10 people, that conversation. And then of that, somebody leaked it. That's like if you're in your inner circle, if you're 10 inner circle, someone's going to leak your stuff. That's that's kind of bad news um, structurally for the company. 20 people, 20 people. 20, okay, thank it you. It was uh, one-on-one with Miller and then forwarded the exchange to a group of 20 associates. 20, so one yeah. out of 20 people uh, must have leaked, seems to have leaked that. That's That's disturbing. Um, I don't know if it's the biggest deal in the world, to be honest. I just, I, I'm just wondering if there's like a... It's a, a normal conversation that goes on in a corporation when you get bad PR. But the question is, is this Chinese billionaire involved in a social media platform that's trying to attract all the money? Is he people? on the board of advisors? That's what I want to know. Well, I, I, I don't know. I think the question is just, it, it's, it's not relevant to what you can claim. You can have someone who's got no direct involvement, but you know they're secretly running the show. So those like the, if you if, if there's leaked audio of you being like calling Steve Bannon and being like, do you think I should something something paint my wall brown? Would they be That's, like colludes with bro, paint my wall brown? <laughs> if he was like, I need you in rela- in relation to your last guest. You got to understand this guy needs this that. This. I'm like, okay, you got it, man. Okay, so if it was related to the show, this show. Hey, like if I'm thinking was... about having someone on on Wednesday. Should I? And Steve gives you his advice. Are all of a sudden you colluding with Steve Bannon? Like, no, come on. You just asked a friend some advice. I guess it depends on, you know, what we get out of this to, to what degree. The, the criticism and the fear is that there's a Chinese billionaire, regardless of what his position on the CCP, 
involved with a ton of American companies. And honestly, I've never seen you ask someone what guests you should have on, and maybe that would be a problem. There's, if you're I have, no, I have none of how this. you should run your company. Maybe that's why my perspective is that this is maybe more nefarious than it really is, because I don't have anything like this. There's nobody that I talk to about anything. In fact, Liddy does the bookings. I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, true. not even in the microphone, just like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes I get my friends to come, and then there's usually then there's controversy chaos. behind <laughs> it. Good uh-huh. look. And I'm like, what am I doing? Ah. They're like, oh. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. People were – there's, like, memes coming out of, like, Getter going down, and it's involving me. Like, I'm like, I don't know, man. I just, just was ask questions. I, if, so with this Chinese billionaire, I would be very cautious because – I was thinking about it and I was like, well, it would be great if he were anti-CCP. That's kind of a cool idea that somebody could flee China and come to the U.S. and work against the Chinese Communist Party. But there is almost a better chance that he's working with the CP- CCP. They're paying him and he's being like a, you know, like a, some kind of spy for them. I don't know. That just makes me really cautious and worried. It's basically just leaked audio of Guo advising Miller on what to do about the Joe Rogan situation. Which is just crazy. Regarding the CCP, like if he works for it or not, like you look at Jack Ma, who was a Chinese billionaire, he got ripped apart by the CCP, lost like half his $900 billion empire. They took a bunch of his company. Like they, he disappeared. They disappeared him from society for like three months. And then he apologized. And then he apologized and they sold off one of his companies. He's the Alibaba owner of Alibaba and they sold off like half of his Ali, other Ali company. I was thinking of the Apple Daily guy who also got. He was the, doing a, a daily in Hong Kong, and he was imprisoned okay. along with a bunch of his staff. So it was Guo, totally different, yeah. Guo fled the country. He's not in China, so they weren't. maybe they're not able to get to him, or maybe it's he's a plant. I really don't know. I don't know the guy. Yeah, I don't either. I'm not confident in Getter, and I you know, hate to be that guy. Well, it's proprietary, don't man. You can't guy. trust proprietary guy. software. You can't trust people telling you yeah, what Gab's it does. Yeah, Gab's open source. You can only it's trust crazy. code when it comes to uh, social networking it can be tracking you. It can be selling your data. It can be it can be feeding you algorithmic ads, and they can tell you with a smile on their face, "We're not doing any of that." But unless you can inspect the code and verify it, you cannot trust. You cannot trust any human regarding that kind of thing. Good I don't point. know to think about all this to be completely honest, but I guess it is what it is, and we'll just see more information comes out. Yeah, maybe it's something. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe like we know he knows Guo, and maybe they're just talking. Or as Mother Jones tries framing it. It's deeper involvement than anyone realized. He sent it to 20 Getter employees? That's kind of weird. I right? guess. Guo sent it to 20 yeah, Getter employees. Or maybe it's an attempt at generating press. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, or maybe they that. leaked it. You don't think so? I don't know. <laughs> I don't the know, The media's going to jump on like like the Mother Jones is doing it. I mean, that's, that's, that's the template. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see how that plays out. But let's go to Super Chats because we're, we're, we're behind. We're but, late, uh, yeah. If you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at TimCast.com to support our work and get access to exclusive members-only segments from the podcast and a bunch of other shows as well. Let's read what we got. All right, let's see. Arif, uh, what is this? Araftos of Stat says, hey, Tim, came over from Crowder's show. Didn't like you at first. I think it was the glasses, but really love the show and the work you do, uh, the work you folks do. Keep it up. I haven't worn glasses yeah, in what, like a while. Talking about me? Yeah. No, I, I was wearing glasses oh, for a while. Oh, before. Yeah. yeah, because I didn't like uh, – I've always worn contacts, but I just figured, you know, I'm not going to dry out my eyes because afterwards I would go skate then put my contacts in fresh, and then I would skate, and I was like, it just felt better. But then I was just like, eh, just wear my contacts, whatever. I got good contacts. No problem. Do you have those day-night contacts? 
No, I, I got dailies. dailies. I got yeah. the ones where you can wear them for a month. There was like a, uh, all the rage, you could wear them for a month and then take them out. Did you ever see that? Like 2006, Ooh, 2005? That seems like a bad idea. I wore it for eight months. <laughs> I would take them out once in a while and wash them and then oh put it back gosh. in and keep, cause I was broke. I was so poor. Oh, and, uh, my, my eyes started to get really red and like yeah. bloodshot. I take yeah, it out and it would just be a ring of red. There was a girl who went blind from that. Yeah. There was a girl who went blind from keeping the same contacts yeah. in. They don't sell those anymore. That's don't why I that. just wear glasses. Same. Yeah. I stopped wearing contacts. I don't have to worry about that at all. It's not fun skating in glasses though. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can, but all right. Trent Lamelino says, "I'm already puking." No. <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of puking. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I live for the we are look we puke. No look we puke. Comments uh, are, are 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 a warm place in my heart. <laughs> Rob Cochran says, "Yay, Luke is leaving. Now other people will be able to talk and share with me." Hey, 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 me there. <laughs> you found my alter my alternative account. <laughs> All right, what is this? Little Tales Farm says, here's a press, uh, a press five super chat for Luke. Take care, bro, and safe travels to Florida from all of us here at Little Tales Farms. Aww. We'll keep, uh, we'll be, we'll be keeping, keep, we will be keeping up with you. Thank you. I gotta figure out how to keep the pressure on Bill Gates with the smooth charm. That's that you right. Have. I'll send you talking points okay, during the show <laughs> all the time. Good. Did you know Bill Gates did this? He's your insider. <laughs> Ky- uh, Kyler. Casimir says, hey, Tim, I've been enjoying the Cast Castle channel. Good stuff. I noticed you order out a lot for the crew. I think the house would definitely benefit from hiring a chef. Yes. You are oh, correct. Yes. Oh, yeah. We do order a lot. We just ordered a bunch of Starbucks. Yes. We don't like Starbucks for being woke, but we bought a big order from Starbucks because they ended the Vax mandate when a bunch of other companies weren't. And I said, I reward good behavior. I like yeah, what they're I doing. That. I'm going to, you know, still be critical. If, 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 you know, they, they come around and do stupid woke stuff or bring it back, then we'll stop buying from them. That's yep. how it works. I don't like it. But, um, I don't like it because it's like if someone puts their foot on your neck and then eventually they take it off and you're like, oh, thank you so much for taking your foot off my neck. Let me buy your, you're a good guy now. But it's like, they put you in that position to be. Yeah, going, but it's a little different. Starbucks. It's, 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 the difference is it's a big corporation that's doing a whole bunch of things and we're trying to push it in the right direction. Right. So, you know, if, I, I see your point though. Yeah. With, you know, I, I get so, it. I see your point. But I, but I want to add <laughs> at the new facility, which is currently being built, we will have a, a chef. Yeah, That's so right. people have told me too. They don't think that you should reward Starbucks for doing something good just because they didn't do the right thing in the first place. And I then they to will say, get woker. Jordan Peterson says, if someone does something right, you reward them for it. That's the only way to get them to do more of that thing. And I think he's right about that. So I think it's the right thing to do. If you don't engage, then Starbucks just goes well. We tried, but right. they don't care anyway, so right. let's just keep pushing woke where we can make money. Exactly. Nah, it's not about what Starbucks is doing. It's about winning influence, winning friends and influence. All right. Garant says, Stephen Colbert lived long enough to become a villain. It's pathetic. He's against the country that gave him this opportunity for cheap CBS bucks. He's a manure spreader now. Yo, it was the, one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. When Kirsten Cinema, who correctly said the filibuster is like a safeguard that makes sure that, you know, policy, uh, that legislation has broader support in this country. He goes, no, no. The side that's filibustering represents 41 million people less. As if the people of Illinois are literally every single person's a Democrat. Hmm. Yeah, Illinois is like split. All of these these blue states are fairly evenly split, except for California, which is like two to one Democrat-Republican. So when you look at the country as a whole, the people of these states should not be blindly marching behind Democrats because they're ignoring conservative constituents. So you get Cinema and Manchin who are like, I'm going to respect that my state's fairly moderate. Colbert is wrong. Hmm. Cristiano says, "Ah, oh, my gems. Ah, oh, gems. <laughs> if you guys, I have an amethyst right here. If oh, you guys yeah. aren't watching the Cast Castle vlog, you're so missing good. out. Uh, 
So it's basically Seamus and uh, Chris engaging in enhanced interrogations to figure out who's spreading rumors about Seamus. And they put they put Ian on an inversion table and flip him upside down, and gems go flying everywhere. (laughs) My gems, all right, gems. Ray says live, live or live live. Dave Smith. He recently made a mistake. He blamed Alex Jones for helping to incite the crowd on January sixth. I think Dave has Alex Jones derangement syndrome. Get him back on with Alex and Malik. Is that true? That Dave love, said that? Love that. Dave Smith. I bet he's what he meant. No, no, no. He says, in the oh, okay. Love. Right, right, right. But he recently made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex is on camera saying, don't go to the, don't go in the Capitol. Stay out. They're trying to trick you. Alex was very adamantly, and he had a permit too, I'm pretty sure, right? I think yeah. so, yeah. yeah. He knows what to do. John White says, please use this for gas to get the mobile studio to Florida. We will miss Luke. But his nomad status is part of the overall Luke package that right. we will love. Stay real and keep making new shirts and words. Much love. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Radowski has to Radowski. You know? right. We uh, got to get moving. We actually had our uh, RV tech come out today for measurements. And then with the next couple of weeks, they're going to be finalizing the, the new RV mobile uh, system. We, we got a different one, which it's a better system. It's going to have a solar system on it and an insane amount of electricity. So we're going to be able to power this thing independently without needing, you know, outlets and stuff. So that way we can go down to Florida. I think we're aiming for mid to the end of February because there's a couple big events that are happening. And then we're going to try and take the the show on the road periodically and do like what we did in Austin, which was amazing. And it would be really cool because if we, if we, you know, we were, we had plans to go to the Daily Wire's headquarters. But imagine just doing a, a ridiculous cacophony show with Daily Wire uh, hosts. I mean, fun. just just come to Florida, you know, once a month for for three to four weeks. <laughs> sure, I, yeah. I think it's, I think <laughs> okay. it would be a it's great a idea. There's so much. I mean, live events in Florida would go crazy right now. We we got to do it. Here's a good one. Buffalo Row says in reference to the Rogan letter. When Einstein was challenged by Nazis with the publication "One Hundred Scientists Against Einstein," he replied, "Why one hundred? If I was wrong, it would only take one." <laughs> Could you say congratulations <laughs> to my wife, Nicole? She's expecting a fourth child. Wow, oh, congratulations, congrats. Nicole. Wow. Congrats, Nicole. Congrats. All right, let's see. Ian Hall says, bro, and androgynous and tiny, Disney has been pushing that for years. It's a small world. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Joseph says, Tom McDonald's new song dropped today called New World Order. Oh Coincident, Luke, coincidence, Luke mentions New World Order. <laughs> I mention it every show, along yeah, with Bill Gates <laughs> and uh, you know, Build Back Better. Wasn't the there a Twitter set. fact check on the New World Order? I don't, I don't remember, but I'm pretty probably sure was, but was how funny. absurd our society is. Mikhail says, modern war is 5% kinetic, 15% economy, and 80% information. Yep. Ericsson controls telecom in 184 countries. This gets them blackmail information. This gets them power. Did you realize Ericsson controls AT&T? Is that true? I I, this is the first I've heard of Ericsson. Did someone look up that uh, Twitter New World Order thing? I'm pretty sure they did it. It was funny. A Swedish multinational networking and telecommunications company headquartered in Stockholm is Ericsson. Oh, that's not the Twitter thing I was talking about. Telefonakti Bolaget LM Ericsson is the name of the company. Unvax Soldier says, politi- this is a reference to Luke. Luke brought it up, but he said, politicians already go to the island after their terms. Epstein Island. Yep. Aha. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yep. I think a bunch of people brought up, made similar jokes. Uh, Omega says, Ian is correct. Caligula insulted the Senate by practically saying that he would make his horse a senator, basically saying my horse can do better. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but let's be real. Like when that dog was made mayor of that town, everybody really appreciated it. <laughs> and that exactly. cat in Alaska. <laughs> oh, really? A yeah, cat? Yeah. cat. Yeah, he's been mayor for people a long time. People were like, we don't need politicians. Best mayor we've ever had. 
Jared says, Tim, you need to have Dan Bongino on the show to talk about what he is doing with the parallel economy. Russiagate, maybe even some Secret Service stuff. That'd make a great show. Dan Bongino would absolutely be welcome on the show. But he does his own show. Very busy. And it's a very, very big show. So, you know, probably busy guy. But uh, would love to have him. It would be great to have him and a few other people, maybe. We could do a big, crazy show. That'd be awesome. All right. Let's see. Heffinator? Is that what it says? Heffinator? With West Virginia losing a house seat, merging both panhandle districts, many in my area are not happy with McKinley, but hear good things about Mooney. Have you thought about having Mooney on your show? I not no, I don't know a whole lot about uh, um, a lot of the West Virginia politicians because I have not been there that long. But and also, I don't know, you know, to get into local pol like, well, maybe let's put it that way. I think maybe that that'd be a good idea actually, and talk about West Virginia because everybody talks about Florida, New Hampshire, and Texas, and I think West Virginia does some good stuff too, oh, and yeah. they can do a lot better. And maybe by bringing some of these people on and asking these questions, West Virginia can do even better. And then everyone's going to be like, I can't believe you made America Florida, Luke. You should make America West Virginia. (laughs) West Virginia is awesome, man. Look, I I guess it's because I grew up in a a more similar climate than, you know, Florida. It's tropical. I just, it's not my thing. If it wasn't for Florida, there would be lockdowns. There would be mandates. There was the only state that first stood up against all that nonsense. The fight is there. No, Florida. I mean, DeSantis on the, on the large scale, especially with the corporate media, the attention was all on Florida. They were saying it was going to be a bloodbath. They made the first stand. They made a very strong one. So, uh, the fight is there. There's an election there. There's a lot of energy there. It's going to get absolutely crazy. So that's my personal belief. I want to invest and build, especially with the Bitcoin community down there. Miami, there's a lot of incredible and things And in Puerto happening. Rico, too. Absolutely. Jay Stewart says, wait, they gave Cyborg a laser? No, no, no. It's a freaking sonic cannon, not a laser, not a gun. It's a souped-up megaphone. Writers, get your own lore correct or stop writing. Jay, <laughs> Jay, whoa, whoa, slow down there. I was talking about Arsenal, not Cyborg. <laughs> Arsenal is the original uh, Roy Harper who was frozen by Lex Luthor. And then the clone went on to become Red Arrow, but... Uh, because of the freezing, I guess he lost his arm or something. So they gave him a robot arm, which could shoot lasers. And I was watching that and I'm like, it's just some kid with a gun. Like, could you imagine if like, we're superheroes and it was just teenagers with guns? Huh. Like, we would think that's really messed up. Yeah. I liked Cable, you know, at, from X-Force. Oh, he's cool. He just had a big rifle, but he also had cyberkinetic powers. Could, w- could he absorb energy or no? He didn't, did he? I don't, I don't think he, no. What no. was his power? He was tell, like psychokinetic. He could move stuff with his mind. Really? I think that's it, yeah. Oh. Do you know one of the things when you have kids now, one of the things you have to tell them is not to make any jokes about school shootings or kids oh, with yeah, guns. Or don't eat yeah. a Pop-Tart in the shape of a gun. You'll get Nothing like that. Or draw one. Yeah, no, yeah, we, we talk about that. Wow, that's crazy. When I was a kid and the teacher was talking, I'd be drawing little doodles of stick figures mm. fighting and yeah. like yeah. firing yeah. guns at each other and, you know, flamethrowers, fighting dragons. Now you'll just get kicked out of school. For you'll go to That's jail. Right. Yeah. You'll go to jail. Literally. You'll you're under arrest. Literally. Seven. <laughs> yeah. You want to go to the museum without your Vax Pass? <laughs> jail. New York yep. Put a Hannibal Lecter mask on your face. you know what it's resulted face. in, though? My son and his friends joke about how frying pans are actually the best weapons. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. Caleb says, yo, I would love to smoke a fatty with Ian and just ask him random theological questions <laughs> and let him go. It would be like winding up the symbols monkey at, and, and let home bang away at the strange. Yeah. And I'm sorry if, I, if I'm doing it and I stop and I'm not listening to you for a second. It's tough to like channel your feelings and your thoughts and still listen to your environment. But that if you can master the two of them together or like impulsively happening back and forth really quickly you know you could it's like playing in a band with someone you want to take control and speak your the truth but also be listening 
to their truth and make it blend. So let's let's do that. <laughs> All right. Hi, on a first, fatty. it's a date. <laughs> yeah. First Thessalonians says the Bible foretells of the new world order in Daniel chapter two and seven. Twelve, Revelation thirteen. If it was right about the technocratic takeover of humanity, it is for sure right about Jesus Christ. I will say, man, when I when I learned about the mark of the beast, you in order in order to buy, sell, or trade, you need the mark of the beast. Someone super chatted this, th- that to us, and I was like, "There's no way it's that specific. That's crazy." Yeah. And then I looked, and I was like, "Whoa, that's true. <laughs> that's crazy that it says that, man." Because that's basically what was happening. What if it's all true? Do you guys think it's true? Do you think it's true? The whole Bible? revelation, revelations, no. revelations, or is it revelation? Re- revelation. No S, no S, no S. Just yeah. revelation. Yeah, revelation. Just one. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was looking at a passage last night, and I think that people wildly misinterpret Revelation, including Christians. So I don't think there's any kind of consensus on that book. It is crazy. It reads a little bit like a drug-fueled dream. Um, so I don't think that we're going to understand <laughs> it until, you know, maybe until we go to heaven or something. I don't know. No until idea. after it happens, you can go, oh, there it was. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> otherwise people are like, could it be? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were saying that like some alignment in the sky was like some reference yeah, that was happening know. or something. Just kind of suits their interpretation at this point. John says, shout out to my girl Libby. Admire your faith. You are a class act. Aw, thanks. There you go. She's a classy broad. Did you guys see that Joe Rogan had Robert Epstein on his show? No. Yeah, he's the guy who talks about how Google manipulates the system and can change votes. Oh, my. So the one free man says Robert Epstein didn't kill himself. Oh, gosh. Wow. I don't know if you can make those shirts just yet, Luke. Hold on to that thought. Hopefully you you never have to, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. That's a scary thought. David says, did you hear Aaron Rodgers call out Biden and his super duper 81 million votes and how Biden <laughs> called him out on getting vaxxed on ESPN today? Uh, there was some like statement by Aaron Rodgers. It was amazing. He was like talking about censorship. Did you guys see that? I yeah. It. He was just like, when are the people censoring information and trying mm. to restrict thought? The good guys. Mm. Yeah. They're been, not. Yeah. They're never the good guys. He's yeah. been on fire. <laughs> That's a good yeah. statement. When you get personally bitten by the situation, by the narrative, you, f- you come roaring back. That's why Joe Rogan, I think that CNN, uh, horse dewormer thing, I think that really kind of lit a fire onto him. You know exactly. what's interesting though? Uh, I don't know if it's interesting, but we don't, <laughs> we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> we don't see a lot of women doing this. Yeah. Speaking out, hmm. fighting back, pushing back against Hollywood, against these woke narratives. J.K. Rowling is just by standing. Yeah, I mean, by standing her ground, is, she has is for huge. sure. I agree. That's true. But shout out to Aaron Rodgers She's and also amazing. Kyrie Irving. I usually have their jerseys behind me, mm-hmm. uh, and they both of them have been Edith doing really Cantor amazing. Freedom. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get fighting. a meal of poster. Yeah, I'm gonna get a big oh, sweet. meatloaf poster. Yeah, so when when I when I heard the news, I posted uh, the song Kickapoo from Tenacious D, which is a great mm-hmm. song. It's a, it's a hilarious movie. You guys know this one. Mm-hmm. Meatloaf sings along with uh, with Jack Black. Love that movie, man. And it's uh, and and Meatloaf was a was a good dude. He believed in freedom. Much respect. So we'll uh, we'll get a poster for him up here. John says my dad thinks you're a grifter and puts you with <laughs> Hendy and Tucker. It's a shame. He did finally admit Fauci is corrupt and needs to go, though. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Hannity. I don't think so. You know, Hannity to me feels canned. I don't know if grifter is the right word. Tucker, I think, is legit. I think Tucker believes what he believes. And the reason I think that is because his opinions have changed. and He's admitted he was wrong about a lot of things. He has no reason to do that unless I guess he's grifting or whatever. But I don't see it. He's actually gone further than I would expect him to based on a lot of things he said. And he's also resisted saying some things that could have made of money, made him money. I think Tucker legitimately started talking to people and had some, you know, political uh, changes. As for me, it's funny because my politics are like the same for the most part, mm-hmm. except for the Second Amendment. 
the people who have like followed me for the past 10 years or whatever are like, he just says a lot of the same stuff over and over again. It's boring. But for people who don't watch it, they're like, someone on the left said you're a grifter, so it must be true. Mm-hmm. So your view on the Second Amendment has changed? Yeah, I used to be kind of like, uh, you know, p- people should have a right to have guns, but I think there's like a discussion we can have about, you know, gun ownership and what makes sense. And now sense. you're like, fuck no. Oh, yeah, I used, to, I used to be <laughs> like, well, it's, it's not a big... No, I used to be like, maybe there's insurance, you know, would make sense. Maybe that could help people. And then I had a few conversations and then my point, my, my view basically became, well, the Constitution says it. So if you want to change it, change the Constitution. Yeah. If that, that being yeah. said, then there should be no NFA. There should be no ETF. There should be none of these things. It just feels like the Democrats and the anti-gun people, the authoritarians, it's basically the authoritarians. If you want to take guns away, you're just a crackpot despot. That's it. That's it. Anybody who believes in freedom is going to be like, you should have a right to have a gun. I think that tabletop fusion is like here and they're afraid to give people that power. It's like a big, like giving them a rocket launcher. But like it's so easy to fuse hydrogen with a palladium substrate, heavy hydrogen, deuterium. Like they're doing it. They do it experimentally, but it produces so much. You ever hear about that dude who made a death la- a radioactive death laser in his garage? No. He was taking the, um, how do, what is it called? The mericium? Is that how I pronounce it? Oh, no. The element? Look it up for me. I don't know how to pronounce it. You take it out of smoke. He was taking it out of smoke detectors, I guess. And it's radioactive. Huh. And then he made a gigantic critical mass with like tens of thousands or something like that. And then the feds dropped it on him immediately and arrested him. But apparently they gave him a, I read the story. They gave him a chance to work with the government. Like, if you want to do this, we'll put you in a lab. We'll fund everything you hmm. do. Whoa. But the dude was crazy. And so he <laughs> went out and started trying to make a radioactive critical mass and he was like covered in lesions you can't ladies and gentlemen read the story avoid that stuff like was that his name who i don't know guy who diligently amassed radioactive material by collecting small amounts from household products that makes sense right yeah i read somewhere yeah this is it's americium 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 or something 241 is used as a radionuclide in the in this type of smoke detector is it on radioactive is it on your periodic table of the elements yes number 241 is that right i think it's a synthetic well, you uh, have it right there. Placed between two electrically charged plates. So there's nuclear. Yeah, and apparently he like put them all. He mashed this critical mass into a, 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 a some kind of metal box or lead box that had a hole in it, so it was all focused. And then oh they like, gosh, they, yeah. they knew he did it as soon as he did it, and they That's like the thing stormed about, it. Like, what are you doing? About, you insane! Like brown. you say, the people that are hiding the information are are not are never the good guys. But I wonder, like, if. Someone came out and they was like, oh, and by the way, if you want to create world-ending explosives, here's how. Like, <laughs> that wouldn't be a good guy either, necessarily. Yeah. Aren't, aren't uh, the blueprints for, like, nuclear bombs just on the internet? Like, can't you just know. read it in university? It's just you don't have the Probably. infrastructure to build something like that. Yeah. But this guy is apparently crazy. Yeah, he anyway, was schizoid. That was fun. Um, hey, man, thanks for hanging out on this <laughs> crazy Friday night. We kind of went all, all over the place, but I think it was worth it. So go to TimCast.com, be a member, support our work. We We, we rely on your support. We are not principally funded by ads as much as some of the activists lie about we're actually funded by you guys this yes. makes everything operate so we really support we require uh, we, we appreciate your support at, at the website smash the like button subscribe to this channel share the show with your friends you can follow us at timcast irl basically everywhere you can follow me at timcast and uh do you want to shout anything out christian yeah my new book is virtue bombs how hollywood got woke and lost its soul is it where can they get it everywhere amazon you name it all oh, right on yep. You have a social media at all or anything? Yeah, um, at Hollywood in Toto on Twitter, and uh, my podcast is right on Hollywood. Right on. You want to shout anything out, Libby? Yeah, I'm Libby Emmons. I'm at the Post Millennial. You can help us out by subscribing, coming, reading our articles, checking it out, uh, and we're at thepostmillennial.com slash contribute if you want to help us out that way, and I'm on Twitter at Libby Emmons. 
So I have my own media organization called We Are Change. You can watch my videos on youtube.com forward slash We Are Change. I also have a lot of pretty exciting, weird, unusual things going on on LukeUncensored.com. And uh, it's going to be hard to leave, but, uh, you know, deep down I am a Polish-Florida man. And uh, <laughs> never forget freedom. Someone someone said this before. I forgot exactly who, but freedom is the oxygen of the soul. So thanks for having me. I'm going to miss you, Luke. It's, gonna be, it's been fun the last few months, last year, whatever it's been. Uh, but I know you're going to make Florida great. So I'm glad you're going, and I'll see you soon. Bye, everyone. I'm Ian Crossland. Check me out at iancrossland.net. I'll see you later. I had fun on this last show with Luke talking about everything from Caligula's horse. Well, to my, my truck may break down, by the way. Oh, if okay, my truck so breaks down, Luke's, I'm going to be Luke's here coming right back. for a few we'll more days. Happens. But there's other situations. Practically, I hope I, you never know what RV life is. Well, so. We'll we hope that Luke's able to make it down to Florida because that's where he really wants Try to be. Try to get rid of me, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just a little. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Sour Patchlets. We will see you all. Well, we'll see you in the Cast Castle vlog at youtube.com slash Cast Castle tomorrow because we have an episode up every single day. Other than that, we'll be back on Monday. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.